Aren't you a little short for a stormtrooper? What's up, nerds? Welcome to a very special May the 4th episode of the Multiverse Report. Today, tonight, whenever you're listening to this, we are recapping and ranking the live-action Star Wars films from Tatooine to Hoth to Endor to Naboo to Geonosis to Mustafar to Jakku to Jeddah to Akto to Corellia and to Exegol and everywhere in between. My name is Mike Gibson. With me as always is Steve Haller. What's up, Steve? Well, Mike, this is where the fun begins. <laughs> because this is going to be a ride. So for anyone who didn't notice... Um, if anyone missed it on social or we didn't pester the hell out of you, uh, we also asked the community for their rankings. So you're going to have Mike's rankings, my rankings, the community's rankings. So a collection of listeners and friends and whatever. And then also a special friend of the pod, Matt Beseda is back to give his rankings as well. Yes. Hi guys. Uh, so excited to talk to two great friends about, Something we all feel passionate about and stories that really have been the backbone of our upbringing and childhood <laughs> and teens and adult lives. Um, <laughs> it's, 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 I mean, it's funny, but it's true. I mean, these yeah. stories um, have been such a big part of um, our, our fandom. And, oh, yeah. and it's just awesome to talk to you guys. It's awesome to do this. I've been looking forward to it for so long. I have three and a half pages of notes here. Uh, not that I'll need it, but, uh, you know, anyway. Well, it's funny because there's only so many topics that Mike and I can go off. Well, there's a lot of topics Mike and I can go off on a two hour tangent (laughs) about, but there's only so many that we're extremely likely to go off on a two hour tangent about. And I'd say this is about the, uh, the prime. Yes. Star Wars is always one, uh, always one of those topics that we can talk for way too long. Um, uh, I guess... I, okay, well, real quick, I have like a little bit of uh, uh, business or a plug, I should say, that I want to uh, throw out there um, that uh, because this is a Star Wars podcast and I just kind of got this news recently, I wanted to mention it, that if you are living in the Syracuse, New York area on um, August 12th, so a little bit in advance, but August 12th, there's going to be a, a special themed nerdy burlesque show happening at the palace theater called trek wars where all the performers will be either dressed up as star trek performers or star wars or sorry star trek characters or star wars characters um and it's gonna be a big great show at the palace and before the show and during intermission there's gonna be like a mini convention nerdy convention uh in the lobby i am going to be one of those vendors in that nerdy convention selling uh copies of my comic books the amazing shakes and also from the static the horror anthology that i'm in so um, if any of you uh, nerds listening, Star Wars fans, Star Trek fans, I know I shouldn't mention Star Trek on a Star Wars podcast, but I am. Um, if you're in the Syracuse area on August 12th, check out a really fun show. And I'm mentioning it uh, because it may you know, seem like it's far away, but tickets went on sale today. You can buy discount tickets today for the show um, and you can find it online. Just look up Trek Wars being put on by a duo called the Sinisters. So if you look that up, I'm sure you can find Tickets available for that show. And now that that plug is out of the way, I'm ready to uh, talk, <laughs> talk Star Wars with you guys. Um, here, Sorry, Matt, were you going to say something? Yes, uh, that's awesome. I'll actually be in the back alley selling depth sticks. Um, <laughs> oh, if, if, if that 
that helps. Perfect. So, um, kind of like what Ma- I just want to say, I guess what Matt mentioned uh, just a moment ago, how you're excited to talk about Star Wars because like it's ingrained in us, like we grew up with it, we're still living with it. Like you could say it surrounds my- us and binds us. Surrounds us and binds us. Yeah, um, flows through us. Uh, my I realized a couple years ago that like my relationship with Star Wars is outside of family members, the longest relationship I've ever had in my entire life. Like it's been in my life longer than anything else other than like my parents and my sister. And that's yeah. it. Um, so uh, pretty wild. And I think that's part of the reason that we all get so uh, like invested in these rankings and excited about talking about them. Or, you know, we feel like a personal attachment to how we rank them because Star Wars is like generational, you know, like, yeah. um, you know, my older cousins like told me about it. I'm telling my son about it now. And like, that's why it just it's in our hearts from when we're children and uh, they keep finding new ways to bring it back and reinvent it. So it's just like, um, you know, there's been multiple times when we thought it was over forever. And now it seems like it's never going to be over, which right. I'm perfectly happy with. So that's um, mildly creepy because my cousins introduced me to it. And now, you know, both of our sons are obsessed. So, oh, yeah, it's yeah. Uh, it's always it, it really is something that kind of kind of goes beyond generations. Right. And because we're also attached to our to the movies in certain ways, we all have our own um, opinions about them. We've grown up with, you know, like uh, the three of us are more probably you know, grew up more with the original trilogy. We were teenagers when the prequels came out. Um and adults when the sequels came out. So, you know, there are people that grew up with the prequels and, uh, you know, saw the, saw the prequels first, you know, as kids or those that, you know, Phantom Menace was the first movie that they saw in the theater. So like they look at the prequels in a different way than we do. So there are reasons for everyone's like intensity around their opinions. And I think it kind of makes it unique. Like, you know, we all love ranking films of any, uh, of any franchise, but, it's something about the Star Wars movies because it's so inside of our hearts and souls and, you know, how we grew up that it feels more personal. So a lot of times people can get offended. There's a lot of toxicity in the Star Wars fandom. We're not going to do any of that tonight. We are going to rank our Star Wars films and we're going to talk about them. Well, we're not going to do the following things. We're not going to yell and scream at each other <laughs> over our opinions if they're different. We're not going to insult anybody. Uh, if our opinions are different, we're not going to say that, you know, so-and-so or whoever ruined Star Wars or that Star Wars is dying or Star Wars is dead because of something, a movie that we didn't like. We're not going to say that there should be less women in the movies. We're not going to call anybody a Mary Sue. We're not going to say that there should be less diversity in these movies. We're not going to claim that, um, you know, any of the movies that were made without George Lucas's involvement don't count as Star Wars movies because they are. We're not going to say any of that stuff. If you're here because you want to hear that stuff, turn it off now we're not gonna get toxic about this we're not gonna scream at each other if you're that kind of star wars um, fan point of then, order um yeah. point of order if yes. any if anything in that vein comes up about the holiday special i'm not defending it sure yeah no the holiday special all bets are off <laughs> uh, absolutely so oops, just to piggyback on what you're saying like it, it's, it's interesting how uh, i feel like other film franchises don't have this um diversity in the rankings of the movies like like yes. uh, 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 uh the x-men franchise for example or or um i don't know the superman franchise even like, the mcu in general uh, like y- yeah 
Yeah. It's it's just it's very interesting how Star Wars attracts um such diversity in the rankings. And yeah, and, and I think that's what will make this fun. And I think it's because they they're spread out over such a long period of time from nineteen seventy seven to, you know, two thousand nineteen. Um and it's not like, you know, the MCU all, you know, they put out 35 movies in the last 12 years or 15 years yeah. or whatever. So, like, yeah. it's a way more short amount of time. Um, and so everyone's kind of involved in those movies in the same level as of right now. You know, years from now, there'll be kids that look at it differently or whatever, same as Star Wars. But for right now, Star Wars is feels to me unique amongst uh, franchises because of the intensity um, around them. So, yeah. Um, we're going to try to keep everything uh, light. Um, I will say... Actually, you know what? I'm going to ask. Were there any criteria that you guys like took into account when you uh, specifically when you made these rankings? Or like, is there a way that you thought about them, or was it just like the ones you most like to watch, or whatever? How did you how did you look at it? Mine was a gut. It was a combo, and the more I thought about it, it ended up being a combo of not just was it a good movie, but what what feelings do I have attached to it? Sure. So yeah. there's definitely some some in my rankings that wouldn't you would not expect out of me uh, being of the OT generation. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it's it, it was a combo of like not just is this cinema, but like random feelings attached to it and stuff like that. So sure. it, it was it was a good mix. Yeah. Yeah, I, I completely agree with Steve. The other thing I I, I think had some influence on me was um how the movies um play against the star wars legacy um you, you know whether it's um disney buying star wars or the prequels era or or how it evolved or or what a particular film had um um had an impact on another film if that makes sure, sense yeah. but 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 really, I ninety uh, percent of it is is um, what what Steve said. Yeah, um, I have, uh, and this took some work, and I think I, I mentioned this on the podcast before. But I have, for the most part, been able to compartmentalize my feelings of what I think a movie should have done, or the plot should have been, or could have been, um, or what directors I think were good, or what you know, mm. uh, you know, I, I've been able to compartmentalize my, uh, behind the scenes anger, not, not, it's not anger, but like disappointment, I guess sometimes in what I wanted these movies to be right. versus accepting that this is, this is the story, this is the canon and this is what happened. And I, I personally feel like once you can get past your own expectations of what you wanted to happen in these Star Wars movies and see them for, this is the story that happened. Um, I, I feel like personally I've become a much happier Star Wars fan and have been much more at peace with a lot of these films. Um, and that really just comes from reading about them, watching them over and over again. But once I was able to be like, well, I would have been better if they did this. You know what? That's not a really productive conversation because they already didn't do that right. <laughs> and they're not listening to me and I have no <laughs> no way of making that happen you don't have all. a direct so, line to kathleen kennedy sitting around somewhere. no i don't and so it's kind of pointless to sit around and whine and be like well i thought they should have done this when they already didn't and if i want to keep loving star wars which i do 
you got to just like kind of get on board and be like, okay, well, yeah, somehow Palpatine returned. I don't know. There's nothing that I can do about that, but that's what happened. I, I completely agree with you, Mike. And just to emphasize what you said, I think a lot of the toxicity in Star Wars comes from it not living up to uh, expectations that certain people wanted. Oh, sure. And, and, and that's where people just can't get over. Um, um, and, and I'll talk about that more when we get to. I'm, I'm sure it's going film. to come up more than once. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, um, I, I guess but, with that, then let's let's take it into it. into some rankings. So for yes. anyone who's listening, uh, like I said, we solicited the community response. Um, the way we're going to be doing this is we're not going to talk about a movie until it gets to the highest point that somebody has it on a list. Yeah. So, so we're not going to have a we're going to we're not going to have a general discussion about that movie until all three of us have mentioned that movie in our list yep that makes sense so it'll be you know number 11 if all of us are the same we'll talk about the movie then if not we'll have quick reactions to who had rankings where and then move on to 10 and steve will also be reading uh details and numbers from the community uh response that we got as well so we'll get some so i'll give you guys the community response and then uh matt will give his i'll give mine and michael finish up with his all right. So I guess uh, without further ado, uh, number 11. I number don't have 11. any drum roll or anything here. But uh, number 11 officially uh, by the Multiverse Report community is episode nine, The Rise of Skywalker. So Wow. Okay. Um, I, that is that is not a surprise to me. But uh, I can't say that it's a shock, really. Yeah. Um, Matt, uh, I guess I guess we follow that up. What's uh, what's your number 11? Uh, my number 11 was actually Attack of the Clones. OK. Um, um, but I, I don't think we'll need to wait long. Uh, <laughs> right. So I, I do have that higher. Um, <laughs> yeah. So uh, I, I opted, obviously, anyone who listens to the podcast for <laughs> The Rise yeah. of Skywalker. Uh, I feel this is a surprise to no one. <laughs> yeah. Mike. So, Steve, you're in line with the community. Yeah. Yep. Um, and when you're saying you're just you're taking like the average of the votes, I assume, for like yeah, the weighted so what average. I did, of we, like, got, yeah. we got 40 plus responses and I took them and weighted them by the rankings uh, as they came in and... The I just set one through eleven lowest or highest to lowest. Sure. Yeah. So. All right. My number eleven is also Attack of the Clones. Okay. Yeah. I just I got I just just a general disclaimer. Yeah. If you're listening to this and you are a fan of the prequels, you're not going to be very happy with my rankings. I'm just saying that right now, and I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but I'm also not sorry because it's what I think. And I love you for loving all the prequels, but you're just going to be a little bit mad at me. So I'm just setting your expectations right now. Fair enough. So we have a split. No discussions at present. No uh, discussions. Moving forward. Moving to number 10. forward at number 10, the community had Attack of the Clones. Ah. So we're, we're, we're three out of four on that. That may be our first discussion point here. <laughs> Unless, uh, <laughs> we're getting there. We're getting um, there. So, Mr. Bethesda, how are, how are we doing over there for number ten? Number ten, I had Rise of Skywalker. Okay. Oh wow, we're okay. getting there. Yeah. All um, right. Oh god, I should probably look at mine, huh? Probably. <laughs> I had the community stuff up, and not mine. Um, I officially had Episode One: The Phantom Menace as my number Whoa, ten. Whoa. Okay. Wow. wow. Okay. Yep. Quite the surprise. 
number 10. My number 10 is episode one, The Phantom Menace. Okay. All right. So Mike and I are uh, a little out of line with the community and Mr. Beseda, but uh, on par with each other here. Yeah. Okay. So wait, I, I was supposed to take notes on who said what, when. So two of us have said Attack of the Clones. Three if you count the community. Community. Two of us have said Rise of Skywalker. Yes. And I'm the only one that I have said Phantom Menace. So far. No, I said Phantom Menace too at number 10. Oh, you did? Okay. Yep. So two of us have said Phantom Menace. Okay. All right. So I, I, it, it is, it's mildly amazing to me, and we can talk a little bit about the, the logistics and how like where things ended up falling after the fact, but yeah. the fact that we've gotten through the bottom two and there hasn't been a consensus is kind of yeah. uh it's kind of kind of cool it to see. Yeah, I mean, we should say yeah. that the the community response cuz I've looked at it a little bit, Steve looks at, has looked at it a lot. The the spread is all over the place. Oh yeah. More or, less, more or less. Like there's some concentrations that we we expected. Mm-hmm. But Steve, how many how many different movies ended up people how many how many different movies were voted as number one by different people? So we had seven different number seven. ones. None of them were unique. <laughs> every number one, every one of those seven number ones had at least one vote, at least, or at least two votes. At least two votes, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and then, Isn't that incredible? Oh, it's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Seven movies out of 11, some people think, are the best. <laughs> right. And then on the it's, bottom end, wild. you had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven as well. Wow. wow. So it'd be hilarious if it was the same seven. That'd be hilarious if it was the same seven. You said there's only two that were voted both number one and yes, the worst, right? There are only yeah, two yeah. that That's are amazing. both ends. So um, see if you can predict, if you can predict at home which two movies were voted both the best and the worst <laughs> right. Star Wars movie of all time. I feel like one would be an easy one to guess, but the other one may not be. Yes. One's very easy to guess. So um I guess moving on to number nine. I wish I had like fancy bumpers and noises, but I got nothing. Um, <laughs> number nine. Number nine. Uh, number nine. Number nine from the community is episode one, The Phantom Menace. Oh, wow. Okay. So uh, I'm going to have to agree with the community number nine, episode one, The Phantom Menace. All right. Okay. So we have so a- we have officially triggered discussion number one. Yep. So and hey, it's and it's episode number one. There so. you go. So yeah, I don't I don't even know how to lead into that. It's like it, it's it's one that we all saw the hype. We all saw in theaters. Um, yep. I don't know about you two. It was it was not my first Star Wars to see in a theater, but um, mine either. Yeah, I saw because they they did the special editions of the original trilogy. Yep. They released all three of those leading up to phantom menace and so i got to see the all the original trilogy in theaters yeah so and then saw phantom menace yeah same and for Likewise. for me i never saw the first two i did not see a new hope or empire in theaters uh my logistics didn't work i i grew up many moons from a uh um a movie theater yeah um couldn't couldn't quite walk or ride my bike there the 20 something miles so uh my first star wars experience in a theater was return of the jedi special edition which as of this weekend my son's first movie theater star wars experience was return of the jedi so it was like oh this is a nice through line um 
but anyway, back to uh, less happy movies and moments. Um, well, I guess it was a happy movie. It was just, I don't yeah. know. I, I guess, I Matt, mean, why did you, why did you throw it at number nine? Um, you know, Phantom Menace is a tough one. Um, personally, I, unlike the majority of people out there, I enjoy a lot of the film. Uh, and I think it has to do with the nostalgia of, um, you know, it came out my sophomore year of high school and and for good or for bad, it, it was a phenomenon. You know, the, the marketing behind it, I remember specifically at West Genesee High School, um, standing at the door um, of the high school waiting for the last bell so I could run over to Camillus Mall to buy tickets uh, a week <laughs> in advance. And that was a big deal for them having tickets a week in advance in right. 1999. Yeah. Um, it... Uh, you know, I, 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 so I, I originally saw the movie four times in the theaters <laughs> and then in, um, 2012, they did those, they tried to do all of them in 3d. And, um, I went and saw Phantom Menace in 3d, um, cause I didn't have much going on in 2012. <laughs> um, but, um, I, you know, I, I think there are strong, um, uh, parts of the film, um, I, I think for one, John Williams' score is, is just absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, yeah, we were actually we were talking about that in the pre-roll. How the OT is like the the it's the iconic music and it's the stuff you always go to. But when you think of like Duel the Fates or Battle the Heroes or Across the Stars, like John Williams yeah. was cooking. <laughs> he was yeah, sure. he was making some the, quality the, scores. The, yeah. the, the Trade Federation theme, Good Lord, Duel of the Fates. And one of my favorite pieces of um, Phantom Menace is the finale theme w- mm. where where they give uh, um, Boss Nass that giant glowing ball. Which yeah. Is, yeah. <laughs> um, but what's really cool is that theme uh, da, da, uh, da, da, is the Emperor's theme in a major key, yep. um, which I always thought was kind of cool. Um, I also really liked, um, uh, Jabba's fanfare at the pod racing scene. Uh, it, mm. you know, originally Jabba's theme was, but it's got these horns, anyway, a lot more, yeah, a lot more pomp and circumstance to it. Yeah. Yeah. But you, you mentioned the marketing blitz that they put on for Phantom Menace. And it was like they we were talking again, talking in the pre-roll about there was uh, Duel of the Fates had a music video on MTV, yeah. which back then was a was big huge. deal. Wow. I don't remember yeah. that. Oh, yeah. Really? Yep. Oh, my God. I think it debuted on like it, TRL or something. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. No idea. They, uh, and, they pushed and it was, as, as much at it. I remember like Mountain Dew, like branded every like all pepsi products branded star wars and yeah it was everywhere i had those cans except for two of them and i've become i've come very close to buying all those cans on ebay (laughs) just for the nostalgia yep (laughs) yeah but because look it's you know certain things in high school you, you you cling to and i think that's one of the reasons i cling to this movie um just real quickly uh for me my favorite scene in the film obviously is the Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon versus Darth Maul, which we had never seen uh, lightsaber duels oh, yeah. uh, uh, like that before. 
the throwback um, choreography to a, a different time. Yeah. 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 So, so, uh, um, yeah, that's my number nine. Nice. I remember, um, I remember hearing that the announcement that they were going to make another star Wars movie and yeah. just being out of my mind, like, Oh, this thing that I thought I was never going to get any more of now I'm going to get more like my, I was excited for, and it was like three years later than it came out or whatever. Like I was excited every day for those three yeah. years knowing that more star Wars was coming. So when, and when rumors, I went to see it, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, so when the rumors for that started, uh, EU boy, me over here was like telling people that they were going to do the Thrawn trilogy. Oh yeah. Because that was Wormhole. like, yeah. Hindsight yeah. didn't work out. Hopefully it does in the future, but yeah, I was like all excited. I'm like, these books were amazing. They're going to do them. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> no, right there. Expectations, right, right exactly. there. Expectations versus I should have reality. Known back when I was in, you know, whatever. Yeah, seventh grade um, or something. When I went to see it, I remember thinking that it didn't feel like I thought it was going to feel, and feeling like it was boring. Yep. And then, right uh, as the aforementioned duel of the fates lightsaber fight um, really kind of got cooking. Towards the end of the movie, the uh, film broke and the lights came on and they sent us all home. Mm, yeah. And I didn't get to see the end of the movie until a year later when it came out on VHS. Yeah. Stop so, it, really? Yeah. Because yeah, I so, didn't like so you I didn't, didn't you didn't like it enough to exactly. go back and see it. I didn't like it enough to go back and yep. see it again all just for the last like 20 minutes or whatever. I was like, wow. I'll wait. Yeah. Yeah. And I think for um, me, it stays lower in the rankings because the CGI doesn't hold up. But that's just a personal thing. Yeah, I that's and I was kind of going to get to that, too. And I, I should have said this at the top, too. I like every one of these. movies. Oh, yeah. No, like it, I my my I was test a, is uh, the if if it came on, uh, I'm going to I'm going to date ourselves here. If it came on USA, <laughs> I would leave it USA. like I would not change. <laughs> yeah. Um, because I recognize that it's all, like I said earlier, it's all canon. It's part of the story. This is what happened. And for a long time, I hated all three of these movies, these prequel movies, because they weren't what I wanted to happen. And then when I started like realizing, I was like, well, you know, no, it's just, that's the story. That's what happened. I don't, there's nothing I can do about it. That's what happened. But that doesn't stop me from watching this movie and thinking this acting's not that great. The CGI could be better. Um, there are long stretches where I find it to be very boring. Um, also like weird editing choices sometimes. Like there's a weird point of view shot from C-3PO as Anakin is talking to him saying that he's going to leave. It switches to 3PO's point of view following Anakin around the room, which has never been done in any other Star Wars movie. It's never done any other time in this movie, in Phantom Menace. I, was just, it's I like, can't even remember I just watched it kind of recently. or anything. It's weird. I just watched it recently and I was like, wait, this yeah. is like, it's like his POV. What is this? Like, it's just so strange. Um, and I feel like it's definitely, I feel like it's overly long. Like there's just things that could um, be right. cut out. I don't know. Um, but uh, I mean, like you said, Matt, there's obviously great stuff in it. Um, the po- I think the pod race is exciting and cool. Like the dual of is obviously great. Um, I think, I mean, generally for the prequels, I think, setting up i feel like they're setting up uh in starting in this movie with you know like you said like the emperor's theme being in a major key and like you know but who was who was killed the the pad the apprentice yeah. or the master or whatever and it pans over to like senator palpatine's face or like you're you're telling us that this is a bad guy like right. you're telling it and and if, if you yeah. if you're not already clued in by the fact that it's the same actor um like 
I feel like they're set, they're simultaneously trying to set it up as a twist that he's evil, but also blatantly telling, telling us. Right. Yeah. So yeah, I, for me, that kind of ruins a lot of the mystery of this trilogy because like all of a sudden I know more than anybody else in the movie and it makes all them seem dumb. <laughs> I right. feel like it, if for any movie, not just Star Wars, for any movie, if the audience can figure out something before the main characters, then the audience is bored because they're like, why is this obvious? Why can't these smart well, and that was that I see this when it all happened. Uh, in you know, it had already been established that it was Emperor Palpatine, but in the movies, they never said that at any point. So, if you had just seen the movies going into it, you would yeah. have you wouldn't have had the. But as soon as they were like, "Oh, this is Chancellor Palpatine," I'm like, "He's the guy." <laughs> yeah, it's like there right. goes yeah, the, it, there goes any secrecy in there the goes movie. the mystery exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yep. And and similarly, um, Natalie Portman. Uh, obviously, you saw her and you knew she played Padme, but she's playing a handmaiden, and you're like, "Wait, right. I thought she's supposed to play Padme." Um, and and then I mean, and then Kira Knightley um, looks pretty like, damn close. No, I yeah, but it's just interesting because when she reveals herself, Qui Gon and Obi Wan are like. Yeah, you know, it, it's and just, there's no, it's kind of there is no reason for her to reveal herself at that moment. She just like right. arbitrarily decides this is what I'm gonna like come clean. And it's then, not like a negotiation, and right? And yeah. then there's other parts of the film where you're like, wait, is that her or is that her double? Or, right, right. You know, um, anyway. Yeah, uh, yes. it, 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 it is great that they continued the tradition of Princess Leia in having a. Uh, badass woman um, at the helm, sure. and, and, and I think I think Padme uh, fills that role. <coughs> yeah, oh, sorry, I thought I muted my microphone when I coughed. I did not. I was going to say you reached for the microphone, microphone. And just sorry, missed guys. horribly. <laughs> um, sorry, I've been coughing all day. Apologies. Well, so speaking of misses, let's stay on the bottom end of the spectrum, and I will give you my number nine. Uh, in in a bit of a surprise, uh, episode three, Revenge of the Sith. Whoa! Wow! Wait. So, have you said really? attack of the? You haven't said attack of the clones no, yet. I have not. Oh my god! Wow! <laughs> wow! Yeah. Yep. Revenge of the Sith at number nine. Mm-hmm. Well, Steve, I'm shocked, but not too shocked because my number nine, Revenge of the Sith, episode three. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs> um. And this is really where, when I preface this list by saying that prequel fans are going to be mad at me, I feel right. like... Straight off the top, um, the bottom three. Because Revenge of the Sith is one of those movies that was voted number one by several people, um, or was in at least the top three for a lot of people. And I don't yeah. know, for me, it's just like, like we are just talking about their... Oh, sorry, we haven't... We're not... Sorry, I, am, I immediately went in dis- discussion mode. I forgot the own rules. I will... <laughs> I'll back off. You're the one that Nine made is, the rules, man. <laughs> you're right. I know. I know. But sorry, we're just talking. I'm just excited. Yeah. I just want to talk about it. Okay. All right. Moving on to number eight. The community for number eight went with uh, the origin story of one Han Solo. Solo, a Star Wars story at number eight. All right. So. Uh, at number eight, I also went with Solo, a Star Wars story. Okay. Uh, my personal number eight was episode two, Attack of the Clones. So there it is. It did not climb too much, but compared to most people, four from the bottom is really high. 
Yeah. And, All right. So and attack so of the clones. much so like I knew it was such a weird take that I literally went back last the last two nights and like rewatched it. I also did some rewatching in preparation for this just to make sure. Yeah, I was like, I don't like nobody's going to agree with this take, but it's not as bad a movie as it seems. If you if you take the Anakin and Padme wooden dialogue mess, whatever out and uh, you know, what? I I I looked at it a lot like I did the Obi-Wan TV show where if you take the Inquisitor line out, the rest of the show is like some of the best Star Wars that's Star Wars. Hmm. Um, for Attack of the Clones, I, this is where I was saying I have that like attachment to it because it was the first movie I saw on a midnight release. It was the first movie I saw a standing ovation for anything. Like literally when Yoda, uh, ignites his lightsaber, the entire theater got up and started clapping at a movie and you're just like, loaded. My theater exploded too. (laughs) I remember that specifically. And like, I, I remember that. And then when I'm watching it, I still, you know, it, it it gives you the feels. So it is that high for me. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, um, uh, similarly, um, I was working in Walt Disney world at the time and saw the midnight showing, uh, at downtown Disney. And it was a packed house. And I'll never forget this guy comes out, uh, no talking in my movie and blah, blah, blah. And people started throwing crap at him. It was kind of funny. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, the, the place went, went absolutely nuts. The, the other time the place went nuts was um, Jar Jar is having a conversation with Padme. Um, and he's like, Misa, go in. And she's like, Jar Jar, that's enough. And the place went nuts. <laughs> <laughs> I, and I, um, so I saw the movie that night. I I went home, went to bed, went to MGM Studios at the time, bought the book, and went back to the movie. Saw it in twice in twenty four hours. Oh, um, wow. Yeah, it. Uh, um, you know, Obi Wan is awesome in that movie. Christopher Lee is great. Yeah, Yoda is fantastic. Tomorrow. Um, Tamora, first time we saw Yoda as a CGI character. Uh, I love the Battle of Geonosis. It's the first time we see this major Jedi battle with all these Jedis um, fighting the Separatists and Geonosians. Um, Two scenes stick out for me. The scene I just mentioned, the Battle of Geonosis. And there's a small scene with, I'll call him Tyrannus, because Palpatine calls him Tyrannus. Um and Palpatine, where they talk about, um, my lord, the war has begun. Uh, And I just, I I, I really like that. Um, uh, John Williams, Across the Stars, is a great theme. Uh, The electric guitar on the speeder chase. And there's several cues he brought back um, from The Phantom Menace um, that play well um, in that film. Hmm. Yeah, the... uh... So the the whole Zam Wessel thing that was another one that kind of took me out of it, but the um, uh, or no, wrong movie. No, I don't right know movie. who Zam Wessel is anyway. Uh, so no, right movie. That was what sent Obi Wan to Zam Wessel is the changeling uh, bounty. Oh, hunter. okay, yeah. that's who I was gonna guess. But yeah. yeah, um, I think whole... he is a she, and I think she is a changeling. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um. Yeah, that whole thing, you know, the seeing Coruscant in the way we saw Coruscant, um, yep. like there was a lot of a lot of positives out of it. 
there were a lot of it was not cinema i i told that to my wife last night when i was talking like talking through my rankings a little i was like this is not it's actively not a phenomenal like yeah no. we're, we're not winning oscars for this but yeah it's right. i don't know it just holds a spot so yeah um um i forgot what i was gonna say <laughs> well that whole talk. the the whole like um like i understand like the prequels are all about like palpatine making moves and like playing chess right and like i get how he's doing that in phantom menace how he's like manipulating uh senate to vote for him to like give him like you know elect him chancellor that all makes sense this is where it really starts getting very convoluted like he had somebody like create a clone army and he wants the republic to find out about the clone army and the way that he does that is to uh try to kill padme and the way he does that is to hire Django Fett and then Django Fett hires that changeling assassin who sends a droid and then the droid puts worms in the room to kill Pat. It's like, this is insane. Like, there's so many steps to this. It's and quite it somehow all leads back to Obi-Wan finding a yeah, clone yeah. army. Like, okay, I guess it works, so I can't fault the guy, but it's a real, man, could you have Goldberg a more convoluted plan? Yeah, exactly. It's so <laughs> crazy. Um, well, that's why I'm here. Um, I do love, I mean, the scene when Obi-Wan jumps out the window, that droid is like some of the best. That's like one of the greatest things I've ever seen a Jedi do. Yeah. <laughs> like that's straight up. I am, I'm putting my life on the line to solve this or like capture this. Like I need to do this. And like without hesitation, jumps through a window. Um, pretty great. Uh, I love the scene where Obi-Wan is captured and Count Dooku is talking to him. Um, he, cause Dooku like tells him the whole thing. He's like, what if I told you there is a Sith Lord that was like in charge of it? Like he straight up tells Obi-Wan what's going on. Obi-Wan just doesn't believe him, <laughs> which is wild. And that's like the whole thing. It's great. And the, I watched it. Um, I want to say a couple months ago and it's, it had been a long time since I'd seen it again a lot of it like the romance Hayden Christensen Natalie Portman there's like zero chemistry there at all like there's zero believability in any of these acting things I feel like Phantom Menace I feel like uh Liam Neeson's carrying like as far as acting goes Liam Neeson's carrying that film on his back like Ewan McGregor's pretty good but he doesn't have a ton to do Liam Neeson is shining in that movie over everyone else he's the only one not doing great yeah and um here in Attack of the Clones there's no Liam Neeson so like you McGregor stepped up for sure, but still it's Rocky all around. Hey, Joel else. Edgerton um, as uh as Uncle Owen. Sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> for the five lines of dialogue he gets or whatever. Yeah. This is my girlfriend, Baru. Some of the, the reasons. <laughs> this is my Baru- girlfriend. Baru- He's like cleaning something. <laughs> you know, like sometimes like- Yeah. You know, sometimes in Star Wars they say a word and you're like I don't think that word belongs in Star Wars. For me, the word girlfriend doesn't belong in <laughs> yeah. Star Wars. It just sticks out to me. Yeah. It's like too earthy. I don't know what it is. It's just strange. It, um, it almost would have been better. This is my lover, Baru. And they just start making <laughs> out. I don't well, know about that. That might be a also, different uh, different movie. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I do want to say that the... Steve, you mentioned Yoda um, and Yoda's lightsaber duel at the end. I... Didn't when I watched it recently, I was really impressed at the whole lightsaber battle at the end, even before Yoda shows up. Like 
uh, Obi-Wan and Anakin versus Dooku, like that yeah. whole scene is really good. And it's I feel like it's a really intense, often overlooked uh, lightsaber duel because then Anakin, that's where he loses his arm for the first time. And um, for the know, first Obi-Wan, time, <laughs> well, I guess he doesn't lose it again. He just keeps the same. Did they replace it when they make him Vader? Do they give him like a new robot arm? I don't know. The and, other then, one? and then he, I, he loses it again the same... at the end. <laughs> yeah, uh, he, he, he doesn't lose it again. If you remember, he doesn't. Well, that's the he, that's the one that he has. Yeah, uh, he he goes up on the on the sand w- with he's, that arm. Yeah, he's crawling and, with yeah. that arm. So no, I meant at, anyway. in, at the end of Return of the Jedi, he loses his right arm. Oh yeah, you're right. okay. Yes, yes, correct. You're right. Um. Anyway, that's what all. A, pretty much, I have to say. Poor about. bastard. That guy. Oh yeah, he's <laughs> sliced and burnt, and jeez. No wonder he needs a whole suit to stay alive. I know. Jeez. Yeah. So, well, Mike, they should make a Vader comedy. What just to can I catch a break here, folks? You know, well, actually, in um, it, we're going down a comic tangent because, of course, this podcast is um, in the Vader comics. There's a lot of extremely like Charles Sewell really got Vader's internal monologue and like a lot of the him having a retrospective on what happened and not just being Palpatine's lackey, but like how he's like the inner turmoil in Vader. And it really comes through in a lot of those, uh, a lot of the the comic runs. And it, it really expands yeah. the character because, you know, it, if you need more Vader, uh, they do have all, it's all there. three of the Vader runs have been very good so far. That's what I was here. I got to get dive into those at some point. I got all the trades for you, buddy. Nice. All right. Is that all we got to say about attack of the clones? I think it I is. My, my number eight. Okay, get ready for another discussion, boys. My number eight is episode nine, The Rise of Skywalker. Yep, that sounds that's it. It moved up because <laughs> I, I remember you actively saying I watched it again and it wasn't as bad as I thought it was. Yeah, yep. And this was the one. Honestly, I mentioned this off mic to you, Steve, uh, like after the podcast last week, but um when I started rewatching stuff to for this ranking, it was I need to know if Rise of Skywalker is worse than Revenge of the Sith in my estimation because I can't. They're like right. even for me in my brain right now, and I can't tell. So I got to watch it. And I mean, again, sorry, prequel fans. It was an easy decision to me that huh? I like I like Rise of Skywalker more than any of the prequels. Um. And I think, like, I understand, like, again, keep in mind what I said earlier, I have compartmentalized a lot of, like, (laughs) feelings about how I thought, how I think this movie should have ended or how things that I wanted to have happened. Like, we can have that conversation. If anyone ever wants to have that conversation with me, I can talk for a long time about how I think it should have worked or how I, I even feel like there's a lot of stuff that happened in this movie that doesn't really make a ton of sense. But if it was told in a better way... Um, then it would have made sense. Like you could have made things, you could have made almost this same story. And if you just tweak some things or tell it in a different way, it would have been more successful. If this movie was the sequel trilogy, it would have been fine. The entire trilogy. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that's a lot of my problem with it. I don't, I don't think anyone would disagree that 
the biggest problem with this movie is that there's way too much happening. Yeah. Like it's a mess. There's they're trying Agreed. to do so much. They're trying to do so much. They shoved it all in there. It's the and in between the shoving it all in there, they also it was like weird fan servicey type stuff that didn't quite make sense sometimes. And yeah, they didn't quite connect the threads on all the shit they shoved in there. So it was like I mean, sort I've of disjointed and yeah. I've described it this I, way before, but for me, it really feels like it was like a first draft and there was no yeah. like refining or editing <laughs> really right. done. And I don't know if they had a ton of time because I don't know that they moved the release date for this. They didn't. Once that was they one of the... switched back to JJ, like they fired Colin Trevorrow and mm-hmm. then they gave it back to JJ. And I don't think they moved the release date. So he had a year maybe to write his version and make the movie. So I don't know that they spent too much time scripting it because they had to like get right. going, um, which I think was a mistake <laughs> for sure. No, I, I think they did, Mike, because I think it was originally supposed to come out. Uh, no, I'm wrong. I'm wrong. Because Every, Endgame came out it was, that May. It was two years between each of the. Uh, yeah, you're actually sequels. right. Yep. Yeah. Um, I, 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 I agree with you guys. I think this movie would have been better as a two part film. Uh, yeah. Not to go with the cop out Harry Potter um, mode, we're making your last film into two parts, but I think it would um, would have been better as a two part film. Uh, I was thinking about this tonight, though. Um, th- obviously, th- the big scene is the "Be with Me" scene, where all the Jedi come back and and speak to Ray, quote unquote, it, it, come back. Well, think about this. If they did that five years later, that four years later, all those characters have been remade into live action. Most of them, yeah. They easily easily could have done that scene live action. Just interesting to think about. Um, Yeah. I, you know, I I look at the good parts of the film. I think the fact that it's a group story is cool. It's it's similar um, to a lot of the, yeah. Um. Uh, I, I love Ray. I love anything with Ray. I think she's fantastic, and I think she. Yeah, I agree. Um, did a great job. Uh, I like that they found a place for Luke, even though it was limited. Um, something I, I like that they were able to repurpose Leia footage because. Um, oh, see, I don't like that. That's something that oh, I would. Like I would. Okay. I. I just feel like. I mean, I, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. You can keep. No, no, you're good. You're good. I, um, I just, it, it goes unnoticed. I think. I think some of it is awkward. Yes. Like, uh, That's uh, how I feel. Uh, the scene where she like grasps the table and is falling over, and then second layer, she's like, she's like walking away. Um, I, I think that was sort of, um, choppy. Um, but, um, um. Well, I just feel know, like that it, goes it, back to them not moving the release date or anything, though, because they had to shove right. the shove it all together with yeah. Carrie dying in there. And it's like, uh, what do we do? Yeah. And I really I, I I feel like I it bothers me. I don't I don't think it looks bad. I think it looks good. They did a good job making it look good. Um, But for me, it's just like they clearly had a limited amount of dialogue from her. And it's like Ray is saying, like two paragraphs and then it goes to Leia and she's like no and then it goes back <laughs> yeah, to Ray talking yeah. like a super long model like yeah okay like I can like I know that she's not it's like clear to me that they were writing dialogue for Ray to set up what they had of Carrie Fisher and even yeah. that I feel like if you took a second pass you could have made it feel more natural yep but sure 
I don't know. Um, I don't I, know. As far as favorite scene, I think Ray jumping over Ren's TIE fighter Dude. is uh, fantastic. The reason that I was okay while I was watching this the other night and I was thinking like, yeah, there's a lot of bad stuff. <laughs> like this movie's not great for sure. I can tell. Mm. But why do I why would I rather watch this than any of the prequels? <laughs> and I think it's because a lot of it is because it's more tied into the original trilogy, which is in my heart forever right. than it is the prequels. Like, you know, like you said, Luke Skywalker's in this movie. Leia is in this movie and as weird and random and unnecessary as it is, Han Solo is in this movie. Chewie is a main character in this movie. Chewie gets a lot to do in Rise of Skywalker. He's got like a yeah. big, he's got his agency, like he's all yep. over it. These are characters that I love and I'm watching them on in a movie. So great. Um, and also I think going back to like some of the acting, you know, lesser maybe acting that happened in the prequels. Uh, I think that uh, Daisy Ridley, Adam Driver, they're doing a much better job at selling either bad dialogue or nonsensical dialogue than like Natalie Portman and Hayden Christensen are doing mm-hmm. in the prequels. Um, and they also have chemistry. Like they are, they are very much better together. Um, so that also saves it for me too. Cause like they're doing a better job at selling a poor script than I think um, the prequels do. Right. That. So now at the same time on the flip side, the plot devices that make zero sense, like Palpatine returning and yeah. uh, various other, like, I don't know, the fact, I somehow still, I can't get over the fact that everything that they set up in The Last Jedi got thrown out the window with the bathwater. And yeah. that really, that still bugs me because I, well, there were certain things that I grasped onto that I'm like, okay, you know, this is great. Like the, the Ray Palpatine thing bugged the hell out of me. Yeah. Um, like there, there was like, this doesn't make sense at all. Some of it does. Some of it does. A lot of it does, but some of it does in a way that I think makes sense. Like when Luke force ghost catches that lightsaber and says like a Jedi, uh, should treat his weapon with more respect or whatever. Like, I don't see that as a negating him tossing it over his shoulder in last Jedi. I see that as he learned oh, yeah. his lesson in The Last Jedi, and so he's doing He's He, in in universe, yep. is referencing his past behavior and saying, like, now I'm, right. I'm not going to throw this away because it shouldn't be thrown away. I I, I understand that now. Yeah, that one weirdly um, I actually But yeah, actually like the, <laughs> ret, ret, I mean, the major sin of this movie for me is uh, retconning Rey's uh, heritage and right. making her. The fact that she was a no one was perfect. And like, yeah, yeah, yep. And it but, set up the whole everything going beyond whatever. But that's what happened. Exactly. Well, not well that was the whole. That's, what that's, that's, that's that, at this point that, when you. You're s- absolutely right. Go for it, Matt. No, no, I'm sorry. You're absolutely right. That, that was that, that was the whole point of Last Jedi. Is that yep. um, a- anyone can <laughs> can hold force powers, and you know the 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 broom boy at the end. Anyway, but 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 you're you're absolutely right. That's what happened. Oh yeah. And that's, I mean, that's also part of like having that discussion with you months ago was like part of the reason why moving forward, whatever they do, I'm actually quite excited about because they're taking characters that I really enjoyed how they developed and hopefully putting them like taking the training wheels off that they had to stay on the rails with. Right. Be able to make them their own characters instead of like, 
okay, well, we've got to wrap this up while doing this and in a time frame right. and just just go make good movies. I don't give a shit what you do. <laughs> yeah, I, I know. I think now that they're they don't necessarily have to deal with the baggage of the original trilogy mm-hmm. or the prequels. Although I'm sure we're going to see other returning characters um, like, you know, I would be surprised if Chewie's not in the the new Jedi Order movie with Ray oh, or whatever. Yeah. Like we're going to see those characters, but like. I don't think I, I mean, I hope they don't feel like they have to, you know, tie up plot threads or service those characters in the same way that they thought they had to do with these or like pay them off or whatever. Um, Matt, I I got off on a tangent earlier when I was responding to you, but I agree with you. And part of the reason that I rank this movie higher than the prequels is I don't think anything in the prequels for me is cooler than seeing Ray do a backflip and use a lightsaber to cut a wing off of Kylo's. <laughs> tie interceptor like that is just the coolest thing and i'll it's yeah that like may like a lot there's a lot of cool looking stuff in this movie like visually you know the story is a mess visually there's a lot of incredible stuff and uh you know the effects hold up better than the prequel effects and that's probably plus the acting that's probably why it is up a notch uh for me here as well yep. um what, 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 what was the planet they went to to see babu frick um uh kajimi yeah kajimi i i just thought that that whole scene was a wash like not needed right the whole zori (laughs) bliss thing and yeah not yeah yeah. um i mean besides we got babu frick come on everyone loves babu frick i was gonna say outside the anzellans there's nothing Um, but they probably could have worked him in a different way i feel like they could have like i i i'm really trying not to get bogged down in a they would have or they could have they should have but we're kind of getting there and it's hard with that. It's hard to not with this movie. I was going to say like, with, with there's what so we're many doing. times, there's so many times that they almost killed somebody and didn't like, we thought Chewie was dead. Oh, but no, he's alive. I really think they could have made us just weep uncontrollably if they had actually killed three PO. Like yeah. they could yeah. have like handled that in a way that was like, if like, if he was the one to volunteer, to do that you know like he's like he volunteers to sacrifice himself mm-hmm. so that they can get this thing and not just make jokes out of it although a lot of the jokes that come with that i think are funny but um yes. or come after that i mean but uh if they had done it in a different way where you know it's like end of act two or whatever he sacrifices himself but now they can go and find exegol or whatever um they, and, and they in in the especially in the sequel trilogy i think um, the trailers play a much bigger part than they did in the prequel films or the original trilogy. In the sequel films, the trailers, I think, um, I think trailers in general were a much bigger deal than they were in yeah. the seventies and eighties. But they, they, it was a bait and switch with that trailer because they made it look like C- that three PO was dying. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. and and it's like, oh, um, yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, the last thing I will say, and it's another uh, would have, should have. So I apologize, but um, and I, I'm only saying because I thought of it today, and it blew my mind how impressive it would have been. Like the whole like, I personally believe that instead of using. Uh, old footage of Carrie Fisher as Leia. It should have been Force Ghost Luke training Ray. Like Luke should have been in this movie way more uh, as her like trainer, showing like they have more of a bond, which right. would 
there would would eventually make it more make sense that she takes the name of Skywalker at the end. Like that's one of the things that's like that's a good idea, but you didn't really get there. You didn't really earn it. Right. And they could have earned it if it showed her like it's been years. She's been working with Force Ghost Luke. Like they're right. really close. Mention like, mention that she trained with Leia and that yeah, yeah like have, she died like, yeah exactly. Whatever. Leia like, died off screen. Like they mentioned that they're mourning her still and blah 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 blah. But or, or then, like even even open it with uh, even open it with like her funeral or something and like, exactly something. Like that. you know i've lost my master or whatever and then right. Luke picks it up and but then steve this is the apps this i think this is the absolute b- best idea that they didn't do and will never do so again pointless to say but yeah. th- that end scene of the movie when she's on tatooine maybe she's not on tatooine maybe she's somewhere else whatever someone asks her what her name is she looks over and she sees force ghost luke again but then also then you get Force Ghost Carrie Fisher as Leia. And that's the first time we see her in the entire movie. We did not expect her to be in it. Right. We didn't know that she was going to show up as Force Ghost. We would have all been crying our eyes out. Yeah. And then she says, Ray Skywalker. We would have been like, the great. this is the greatest ending to any movie. Right? Matt yeah. got emotional oh, yeah. when I described that. <laughs> I, I can see it I, in his I, face. Right? Wouldn't got, that have been amazing? Yeah. Yes. Wow. Anyway. Anyway, I'm not in charge of writing Star Wars films, so sorry. But... Well, sorry, Matt. Not true. Well, Guess well what? we've got I, other. I think it's worth. Let's let's uh, let's keep worth... cooking because we got a lot more yeah, to go we're, through. Yeah, we're, we're yeah, already. Is... In, yeah, we're doing our Star Wars thing. Yeah, so... Rise is one of those that we could talk about for a very long time. Yeah. We should probably just keep going with our number, number seven. sevens. Number seven from the community is the Last Jedi. Oh, okay. The Last Jedi has entered the chat. All right. I don't know if if I made this community list, but my number seven is Last Jedi. Okay, you're 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 tracking with the community here. Wow. Yeah. Okay, Last Jedi number seven for Matthew Beseda. My number seven is Solo: A Star Wars Story. Oh, there we go. My number seven, Steve. I love you, man. Is Solo: A Star Wars Story? We're we're locked up right now. Yeah. <laughs> Outside of Attack of the Clones. <laughs> yeah, you're but, right. Um, so that's no discussion. So no we're discussion moving on to number on six. So number six, uh, number six from no. The- I I I I think we all mentioned solo, didn't we? Uh, you do. Oh yes, you're yeah, right. We did. we did all mention solo. Yeah, because you had it as your number eight. Okay, okay. Yeah. 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 Cool. Um. All right. I don't know. It was it, for me. It was the definition of a movie that I didn't know or care. I wanted and actually liked even the first time I saw it. So yeah. Yeah, I, I, I like Soul a lot. Um, I think that if it was made three years after it was, it would have made a fantastic TV series on Disney+. Plus. I think if it was with, made with seven months, I think if it was released seven months after it was, it would have been received as a yeah. pretty damn solid Star Wars movie. Yeah. yeah. I mean, these two, um, Solo and Rise of Skywalker, were one-two punch of Disney not giving the directors enough time to finish their movies. Yeah. Um, because, uh, you know, it, it, it was another case of changing directors to Ron Howard and um, he reshot you know, like 80 percent of the movie or something like. Yeah. Right? yeah. And then and, it dropped on um, the heels of Last Jedi. Yeah, it dropped on yeah. the heel like six months after the most divisive Star Wars right. movie ever. And one, yeah. and one and, month after the highest grossing movie of all time. Yeah. 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 So there was um, there was a plethora of against it. I completely agree. Yeah. Um. I, I love I love the Kessel Run scene, and I love how um, they use 
you know, although John Williams didn't do the majority of the score, um, um, he only he did wrote, select parts. He wrote Hans' theme, though, right? Yeah, he wrote he Hans' theme. came back theme just to write a and, theme for Han Solo, yeah. Yeah, I, which I love. I love the train robbery score. Um, and the uh, during the Kessel Run scene, it's the only other time in Star Wars where you hear um, the asteroid field. Um, anyway, I love that. Um, it was interesting to to see uh, Lando's relationship with a droid. I think that was the first time we've seen <laughs> inter-droidal uh, um, Really? Inter-droidal? We're going with <laughs> yeah. it. Um, but at the same time, weirdly fitting, because it's Lando. And yeah. also, uh, yeah. Donald Glover, if they could have cast anyone better, I don't know who the hell it could have been. He was he was exuding his inner Billy D. Williams during this movie. Yeah. But not like... like it was fantastic. It, it wasn't a copy of Lando. It was like a little bit of a twist on it. So yeah. like it was, you could, you could tell he wasn't like trying to just copy what, what Billy D Williams would do. I think he was mostly trying, if he copied anything, it was how he sounds. Yes. Cause like his vocal delivery is very much similar to the Billy pacing and like some, yeah. the, some, the couple draws that he has in there. Yeah. But it's not all like how he moves is a little bit. He's not yeah. doing a full impression. I, I've heard some people uh, say that they don't like that he's doing a full impression of Billy Dee Williams. Like, I don't know. I thought it was really great. Um, yeah, I thought he was channeling him without, like, impersonating. Yeah. Um, and this may be a hot take. I feel like that's what Alden Ehrenreich is doing uh, for Han Solo as yeah, well. He's, cle- he's clearly not doing a Harrison Ford impression. No. And I'm sure there's people out there that wish he was doing a Harrison Ford impression. I am glad that he's not. I feel like he's not playing Harrison Ford, but I feel like he is playing Han Solo. Yes. Um, I've said that to a couple of people that have looked at me like, what are you talking about? And I'm glad you understand what I mean when I say that. I straight up love this movie. I love this movie. And I know a lot of people don't, but I feel like a lot of people don't because it's not Harrison Ford because... I've either seen or had conversations where they're like, well, it's not Harrison Ford. I'm like, yeah, well, he's 80 years old and right. they can't make and yeah. he's and he's dead. Spoiler alert. Um, uh, the character, not Harrison Ford, but Han Solo in, you know, uh, old, <laughs> like, old, Han, old Han Solo is dead. Um, and then, you know, the other person will say, well, then they shouldn't have made a Han Solo movie. I'm like, well, they did. What? I'm not I'm going to not watch a Han Solo movie. Like, come on. Right. Uh, yeah, they made it. I'm not in charge. Like I said, I'm not in charge of these decisions, but if they're giving me a Han Solo movie, I didn't want a Han Solo movie. I didn't need a Han Solo movie, but I, they made one. So I'm going to watch it and I love it. It's super fun. Matt, what you said about making it a, a series is very interesting because you watch this movie every 20 or 30 minutes. There's like a set piece change. Like it goes, yeah. they're doing something else. So like it easily, easily could have been a series. And I think like what you said, if they had waited, it probably would have become a Disney plus series. And it couldn't have been um, worse than book of Boba Fett. Yeah, exactly. And it would have been because I, again, I think this movie's great. Like, and no, it's not part of the reason I like it is because it isn't like this big, uh, you know, like the fate of the saga doesn't hang on the outcome of this movie. And that might be another reason why it, it turns people off. Cause they feel like it's not quote unquote important or whatever, but like, I don't know. I love the idea of getting just a fun star Wars movie. That's cool. And like, the characters still have arcs and they still there are still consequences 
But yeah, it's not going to derail the entire Skywalker saga. Um, right. I by mean, the Beckett's, of this movie. It's Beckett's just like crew. fun. Like, I would take a trilogy of these movies of just like fun adventures of Han and Chewie and Lando. Like, yeah, give me more of those. I, almost, I hope that they still every once in a while, like a rumor comes out or someone's like, yeah, I would love to do it again or what? Like, please, please make like, yeah, the whole make, make Solo 2 happen campaign. For yeah. Campaign. I mean, it's, yeah. yeah. Hey, they're I'm, doing it. In the uh, I, I think I, I, I think we could get something similar with uh, if they if go that, ahead with the Lando series. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I it would be really cool if Alden Ehrenreich showed up if they end up series. Um, but yeah, like you said, Matt, the Kessel Run sequence is great. Um, they do a coolly like the he's flying the Falcon and he does a flip. He flips the Falcon in a way that it knocks a TIE fighter over like with yeah. the actual Falcon. It's like mm-hmm. so cool. Like they're escape, they're flying, they're escaping a giant tentacled monster and they get away from it because it gets sucked into a black hole and its skin rips off. Like that's just the coolest thing. Like it's oh, yeah. yeah. Like if uh, you I, I also yeah, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, like, this movie and something like The Last Jedi, I feel like, you know, pe- people like to rag on. It doesn't it doesn't matter, but this movie is one example of a movie that people like to rag on as being bad or being unnecessary or stupid or whatever. And it's like, well, how many times have you watched this movie? Like, you, you went into it once with your expectations of what you thought it should have been, and you didn't like it, so you go out in the world telling everyone how bad it is, but like, yo... Now that you know what it is, watch it again. You might think differently of it. Like it took me a couple times before I thought this movie was great. Before I started loving this movie, like the third time I watched it, I was like, you know what? This is great. It's super fun. Why am I hating on this movie? Like, there's no reason to hate this movie. So, like, if you're out there and you're a Star Wars fan and you hate any of these movies, give them another chance. If you've only seen them one time, you see, you know, this or Last Jedi or Force Awakens, whatever you saw in the theater, it wasn't your cup of tea, and you never gave it another chance. Give it another chance because. You know, now that your expectations are set, you might find uh, some new stuff there. So anyway, totally agree. And Solo, so, a Star Wars story. So just thinking back or looking back at some of the the community rankings for Solo, most of I mean all of them were uh, sub four, but that's you know that's to be expected outside of a handful of movies. Um, yeah, the the spread from like sixth to tenth is very consistent. It's like six five six five eight. Like that's where most people had it, but it wasn't like a, it wasn't panned. It wasn't, you know, in the top tier, it was a good fun movie. And I think that makes sense for the start. Like, again, I'm saying I love this movie and I put it at my number seven, right? But you know, I pretty much from now on, I, I could describe any of the following movies as I love them. Right. I'm, I'm all love from here on out for sure. Well, let's see what the community loved at number six. And All that right, would be number six. Uh, Star Wars Episode Seven: The Force Awakens. Ooh. Force Awakens has entered the chat. Number seven. All right, Matt, what's your number seven? Six. Six. Uh, Sorry, six. Number. My number six is actually will be. This is. Uh, this will be interesting. Rogue One: A Star Wars Story. Okay. All wow. Right. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I love the movie. Yeah, yeah. We'll we'll get there. We'll talk about it. Yeah, we'll yeah. get there. But I think it's going to be a while before <laughs> we get there. <laughs> it's gonna it's gonna be a while before we get there. I'll tell you that right now. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, I I agreed with the community that the Force Awakens was number six. All right. Um. 
Steve, my number six is also the fourth. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Uh, um, this is wild. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. <laughs> I mean, we've only been hosting a nerd podcast uh, once a week for the last over over a year. Yeah, going on so, two years. Going on two years. So you know, our opinions may or may not be in line. I guess. <laughs> um, so so yeah. yeah, wow. Okay. Um, so that's number six. Yeah, at number five, Revenge of the Sith for the community. All right, number Revenge. five, Revenge of the Sith for Matt Peseda. Oh, okay. So I think that's it, unless that's a convo. Yep. Um, All right. I, and I think um, I, if you want me to open, because I had it the lowest, or <laughs> yeah, sure, Steve. Yeah, I yeah, don't go for it. I don't know. I mean, it was. I think. I think I didn't ever like it as much because it was like canned and we knew exactly what was happening and why. And it just, there was never anything overly imaginative that they did with it. And it was just like, okay, cool, cool battles. I amazing choreography, a lot of great moments, but it wasn't, it just never even, even rewatching it. I'm just like, okay, cool. It's a movie. Yeah. I, I remember, um, like when I was in elementary school before any talk of any prequel or any sequel yeah. to the star, the first three star Wars movies hearing people talk or having conversations about star Wars and you know, the rumor or whatever, I don't know if it was ever published in a magazine or anything, but like people saying like, Oh, Darth Vader got like that because Obi-Wan threw him into a volcano or something like that. Like he got burned so alive. That was from the, uh, I believe it was from Splinter of the Mind's Eye that that oh, was really? announced or something like there was, there was some early canon, uh, something that like confirmed that that's how Vader ended up in the suit. Okay. I, I, I remember it was in a book too, like the Star Wars encyclopedia or something. Oh, yep. okay. And I remember seeing that and I'm like, whoa. I just remember and, like, and, and, go ahead. You did, I, I just, I just remember thinking that they were fighting on Tatooine, and there was a random lava pit there, and he just <laughs> threw him in there. So, so when, when we'll we throw you in the sarlacc, we'll throw you in the lava pit. Yeah. I'm like, well, who the hell builds a lava pit right there? Yeah. <laughs> um, well, I, because I, I think. Go so ahead. I was just gonna, just to finish that thread. I was going to say, like, so for me, then when we got to the movie, and that's what happened, I was like, oh, that's that's real. That's what happened. Like the, right. my you know, eight-year-old friends on the playground were right in 20. I was like, oh, I guess, okay. Like you said, Steve, like, oh, I guess, I guess okay, this is just yeah, what happened. It's not, it's not reinventing anything. Okay, great. great. Yeah. I mean, um, that said, it I, was I, I, like, I'll, I'll rewatch it. When I saw it the first time in the theater, sure. it wasn't, I don't know, it, it was fine. It was good. I was very excited to have come out of it. I was probably happier than a clam, but. Yeah, like, I remember thinking it was amazing after yeah. I lo- left the theater. This was my first midnight movie. Was Okay. Ready. Yeah. Yep. So um, this was the the other movie that I saw twice in one day. Um, I, I think I I, I will say I, I think this movie has um, time has has done it a favor. Uh, I, I for me at least I think it's matured a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'll, I'll never um, I'll never forget. I was working in Liverpool and talking to a kid about star Wars. Cause that's what I did when I worked. I talked to people about star Wars. <laughs> um, and, and I said, well, what's your favorite movie? He goes, well, obviously we ran into the Sith. And I just remember thinking, 
What? Well, he's he's ten. <laughs> I, I mean, that, that that's the movie you know that, that he grew up yeah. with. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think I I think um, I think the Star Wars community has finally given a break to Hayden Christensen. Um, and 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 that's one of the reasons why Obi Wan, the TV show, um, did so well is because they've they've now accepted him into the. Um, I, I, I like it. There's two lines in the movie. I wish I could change. And, and that's it. Um, and that's, uh, from my point of view, yeah, dude, Jedi yeah. are evil. It's yeah. Like, it's like the most clunky thing. There's no way yeah. to no, no human being would say that at that moment. <laughs> There's yeah. no, yeah. But it's not his clunkiest bit of dialogue that George gave him. <laughs> Go watch Attack of the Clones. Yeah. yeah, no, for sure. Good point. Um, when I, when I'm with you. I can't breathe. Anyway, um, yeah, he had some. He had some it, stinkers. It, the, and then the describe in Attack of the Clones, just because I watched it recently, the whole uh, him describing to Padme about killing the Tuscans, and it's just like that's yeah. those are the lines you gave him. That's real. Like you couldn't have gotten a script doctor to do something better with that. <laughs> yeah, and then she's um, like totally okay with it. Yeah, she's like she's that's totally fine. Fine yeah. with him being a mass murderer. Oh, you <laughs> killed a bunch of people. That's cool. Yeah, I'm still in love with you. It's fine. Eddie. It would have been cool. It would have been cool if it would have been cool if they like hinted at Padme also being like a little on the dark side <laughs> yeah. or something. Like, you know what I mean? Like yep. like a like a, a kingpin Vanessa kind of situation, right? Where instead like, of yeah, her no, just I'm... reacting like I told my wife that I forgot to take the garbage can in or something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah I think well, well cool. it's funny you say that. That there's a deleted scene in Revenge of the Sith that I don't know why they didn't put in the movie, um, and it's. Bell Organa and it's Padme and it's Mon Mothma. Oh yeah, and yep. and it's a couple other leaders, and they're literally talking about um, becoming rebels and and doing their own thing and keeping it quiet. And I'm like, this is really good. Like this sets up, uh, and I don't know why they didn't keep it in the film, but yeah. um, I, I I do uh, um, I love the opening shot with. Um, Obi Wan and Anakin ships, you know. Uh, oh yeah. After the, after the crawl, the yep. boom, boom, the bass drum, and then you see them fly into this massive battle. I think it's great. And yep. John Williams' uh, Battle of the Heroes, as we talked about earlier. Uh, I mean, it, it's it's a it's a great song. Uh, I like General Grievous's theme. And there's a small cue uh, where Obi Wan is flying to Utapau. And it's um, it's just a great cue. Anyway, yeah, nice. Yeah, um, the, that deleted scene too was Genevieve O'Reilly's uh, debut as Mon Mothma. That's right. And it was, it was kind of weird that they, as the character. yeah. So um, uh, she ended up you know getting getting her due in Andor, uh, well, and before yeah. that in Rogue and One, in Rogue One. But yeah. um, but yeah, that was the the debut. And I'm again like, why that scene wasn't kept in? Who knows? There were a lot of yeah, questionable decisions with those other, be, like. That scene should have been in there because otherwise it's complete character assassination for Padme Amidala, I yeah. believe. Like she is completely stripped of any like agency and her entire point in that movie is to just like brush her hair and be an object of affection for Anakin and like a damsel in distress. And like she's stripped of her wits. She's stripped of her like attitude. Right. Like it's just when in the just, first two we <laughs> see her putting I, herself I in the line of fire yeah. and like. Being, yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. And that scene also, it, it, um, 
it it makes it clear that it's like, well, the republic isn't right, and the separatists aren't right. That there has to be a a, a third option here, right. and and it it just um, I I don't know why they they um, and also when when Anakin says uh, and you're sounding like a separatist, um, it it makes sense. That line makes sense if you have that scene in the film. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Um, my favorite, it's, I will say, I mean, again, there's a lot that I love about this movie. Um, it has one of my favorite line readings in any Star Wars, which is, uh, from Ewan McGregor as Obi-Wan Kenobi when he's about to start facing off with Anakin at the end of the movie. And he says, my allegiance is to the Republic Anakin to democracy. Like the way he says democracy. Amazing. Love it. Democracy. He, uh, <laughs> he he he's incredible in that film. He's just yeah, he's um, great. Yeah, Revenge um, of the Sith is the uh, it's unique in that it's the only third movie in a trilogy that is the best of that trilogy. I think I don't know. It, it looked upon as the best of yeah. the trilogy, not not according to Steve. Oh no, trust me. If you ask me what the better movie is, oh sure, yeah, it's one hundred percent the better movie. Yeah, it's just not yeah. my better movie. Especially if you, I feel like if you watch them, if you watch the prequels in a row, one, two, three in quick succession, yep. then Revenge of the Sith is like, oh, thank God there, this one feels like a Star Wars movie to right. me. Um, I could see that. But, but like watching it after you watch something like Empire or something and you're like, oh, this is not great. Again, yeah. for me, sorry, prequel fans. Sorry. Sorry. So who, who triggered that? Was that the community triggered that or... Uh, uh, I no, think Matt. I triggered that. Yeah, yeah I had okay. Revenge of the Sith at yeah, five. You went Revenge of the Sith. I went. Uh, yeah, we were on our fives. I don't know. I we didn't. You didn't do didn't. your number five yet because Matt. Oh yeah, because Matt's after. Uh, oh, so my number five was the Force Awakens. Okay. Um, my number five. Oh wait, did we do fives or sixes? Oh, yeah, no. Oh, no, my, my number five was The Last Jedi, sorry. Okay, I was going to say, because you said your six yeah, was Force Awakens. Yeah, I was looking mine. at my list and not counting numbers are hard. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, so we're on number five. Yes, right? my number five okay. was The Last Jedi. Your five was The Last Jedi. All right, Steve, well, we've been uh, similar up until this point, but now we are going to continue to be similar. Mine is also <laughs> The Last Jedi at number five. This is insane. Kind of creepy. <laughs> I thought I was thinking earlier, I was like, it would be crazy if all three of us had the exact same list. Like it would be the most uninteresting. <laughs> yeah. It's like, <laughs> wow, this is this is a horrible show. Like everybody's yeah. the same. Um, um so, does so that... that's uh then we're there. We're talking about the last Jedi. All right. All right. So last well, Jedi for those <laughs> here uh, we go. Let's those, jump in. For those who uh were curious. The Last Jedi is one of the two, uh, along with The Force Awakens, that had the uh, votes for best and worst. Um, yeah. So Last Jedi had two votes for best, seven votes for worst. Force Awakens had two votes for best, one vote for worst. Um, the Force Awakens floated either. The other weird thing with I, I forgot to bring this up when we were talking about that. Uh most uh, most of the votes for Force Awakens were either in the fourth or ninth slot. So it was either, yeah, it was kind of weirdly dichotomous. Um, hmm. So yeah, Last Jedi was uh, about half of our respondents put it in the bottom two and then the other half uh, spread it along the top six or seven. 
So um, I personally am impressed and and happy because of my feelings about the Last Jedi that it took us this long to talk about it. Yeah, because um, although this is clearly, without a doubt, the most divisive Star Wars movie that's been released ever, and it has rabid haters and rabid fans for sure. Like I'm not yeah. surprised at all that it was voted number one and first. um, but, uh, and, and I'm sure people that hate this movie are furious that it took us this long to get to it <laughs> for sure. No, but um, anybody who's listened to the podcast probably also expected the two of us to throw it higher than most would. Yeah. Especially after I gave that disclaimer at the beginning about how we're going to not be, uh, <laughs> yeah. Hating on stuff for no reason. Um, I, this is, you know, this is another one where I feel like people watched it. It wasn't what they wanted and they just hate it forever. But I implore you watch it again, go back with an open mind. You know, what's going to happen. Your expectations are set. Watch this thing again, because I am somebody that struggled with this movie a lot when it first came out. (laughs) Okay. A lot. It's really and, creepy because when I left the theater opening night, I literally looked at my buddies and I was like, I don't know what to think about this movie. Yeah, dude. Like I yeah. was, I was very like, I liked a lot of what I saw and I was very confused about a lot of what I saw. And I'm like, I, I, I think I was having trouble grasping what they did with Luke. Oh, for sure. And I think that's where a lot of people have trouble with this movie yeah, is the characterization so. of Luke Skywalker. And I, most of the people at the bottom end probably drastically dislike what they did with luke yeah. and those at the top end like understand why or how that could be something that happened to luke yeah and i think it took me a long time because i, mean, I think a lot of the people that struggle with the characterization of luke skywalker want him wanted him to come back and be their childhood hero and i was one of those people i yeah. wanted to see luke skywalker wrecking shop wrecking the first order with a lightsaber and fulfilling my childhood dreams (laughs) of seeing that um but that's not what we got and it was hard for me to come to terms with that but if you watch it again and you think about it and you watch things like you know luke's appearance in return of the jedi the end of return of the jedi if you look at what they're doing with him in mandalorian and book of boba fett you can really see how it lines up to this, I think. And the more I've watched this movie, the more I've understood it and the more I've appreciated it and the more I've liked it. Um, I think this is the best looking Star Wars movie. I think it's shot phenomenally. I think the cinematography is incredible. And I'm not saying others don't look good. Like Empire has some incredible uh, work in it. But this movie looks gorgeous. Almost every shot is like incredibly thought out. It's a very like... It takes a lot of setup. Like the first half of the movie is a lot of setup. Like we're running out of fuel and blah, blah, blah. And I think some of that's a little, which is why it's not higher on my personal list, because a lot of the setup is a little clunky to get you to a place where things start really firing on all cylinders. And for me, the second half of this movie, when things start clicking, it's just straight fire. Like from, I don't really know. I can't like, maybe it's when I think it's from when Ray and Kylo Ren touch each other through their force connection mm-hmm. till the end of the movie i think is just like just firing on all cylinders incredible stuff i also think that 
I think if, and I mean, this would ruin the point of Luke's story arc. I think if Luke had really been there on crate at the end was really physically there and left with the rebellion, like saved them and then left with the rebellion. I think this is everyone's favorite star Wars movie of all time. I think that one change would have made everybody forgive what they saw of Luke in the first half of the movie. And they would have been like, okay, well now he's back and he's going to be in the third one or whatever. But it also undercuts a lot of the message of the movie. And for me, like just I watched it last night. I watched it again. And even like seeing like, okay, yeah, he's force projecting. He's not really there. But the fact that he can do that, that is showing you how powerful he is. And he's not doing it like physically. He's finding a way to do it that accomplishes what Ray wanted him to go there for. And what yeah. like what the rebellion, what the resistance wanted him to do. And he's doing it without actually fighting, which is what he chose to do. After experiencing a mistake, a moment of fear and lashing out in anger at the end of Return of the Jedi, when he cut his father's hand off and realizing it was a mistake, throws his lightsaber away and refuses to fight. And that's what happens in The Last Jedi. We realize, we find out that he had a moment of weakness. He made a mistake in a, at the worst possible time. And it cost him everything. And it turned Kylo, it turned Ben Solo into Kylo Ren. And he ran from it. But now he is, again, learning from that mistake and figuring out a way to win and be the Luke Skywalker that everybody wants him to be without right. actually fighting at all. And that is, like, what? what's a better thing for a Jedi to do? Like, the Jedi yeah. use force for knowledge and defense, never for attack. You know, that's like, well, it, I, that's like top-tier Jedi move. 100%. And I think one thing that I... I can't remember whether I was talking with you guys or somebody else. I think Ryan Johnson put a little too much faith in the general audience. I agree. In that they, like when you watch that movie, you're seeing two sides of the same coin. We see three different versions of that flashback in that movie. And I think audiences remember one One. of them and choose to remember. They just remember Luke and like Kylo's version of what happened. Yes, Luke, Luke intent being, intent right. on killing him. Yes, in his sleep. Yes, which is not actually what happened. Yeah, right. So yeah, I I I completely agree. I think um, Luke struggles in in Empire and Jedi and and in Last Jedi and you know Empire. He's struggling with uh, you know. Uh, I, I, I know all this. I don't need any more training. Yeah. I, I, I can go out and do it. Uh, Jedi, how, how in the world can I face my father? Um, and last Jedi, I return the Jedi last Jedi. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Uh, um, um, Luke struggles, Luke struggles the whole point of the film and how he rises above, uh, his own cynicism and depression. And it makes it a great film. Yeah. And how, I, I also think it builds Ray better because you, 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 she went looking for Luke Skywalker. Um, yeah, Ray, Ray is expecting to find the Luke that we initially wanted her to find. She's yeah, thinking that and, she's going to find a even, superhero. He, yeah, he even jokes about it saying the legend, the, the myth, you know. Yeah. And uh, I was Luke Skywalker in my hubris. I Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and and for that, I just think it 
um, the first time I saw it, um, I remember it was a snowstorm and I'm like, I can't believe I'm going out in the snowstorm. Um, (laughs) but, but but it was, it it was, um, I, I loved it. I remember being very surprised when I was like, I was like, wait a second, wait, wait, he's not there. And like, it was, it was a total shock in it. And it took, it took some time and took another viewing for me to, I was like, okay, so this is going to happen. You you can focus more on, but, but, but him and Ren and, um, and and I think we got to talk about the throne room scene because that is one of the most badass fights, uh, ever. Yeah. When I talk about just the movie being straight fire for the end. A lot of it is that scene yeah. and they cut away from it to show other stuff, but like it, it never loses momentum at all. That scene, like um, I'm not someone that was attached to uh Supreme leader Snoke. I was not like so many people are, I guess mad that he got killed without learning anything about him. I just, I don't know. I'm just a different person. I didn't care at all. I didn't need to know anything more about him other than he was a bad guy. I thought it was great great twist that kylo took him out and that scene is wild because it it takes a long time it's a lot of yeah. build-up a lot of build-up with build like up. snoke getting the information from ray and like hitting her in the head with that lightsaber which is a great gag she like yeah. he, and she like keeps trying to fight it's great like her struggle like i'm not giving up i'm not giving up i'm not giving up and then when he finally dies and they that scene where they're fighting those Praetorian guards is incredible it's sucking and it's like, followed for, up for the record up the, those are petroleum guards, Mike. Patrol, you're right. Petroleum Patrol, guards. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's followed up by by the talk her and Ren have, and uh, the Holdo maneuver, um, and then you go right into crate. And, I know. And it's, yeah. I mean, it's it's yeah. it's just awesome, and I yeah. think that, um, uh, I mean, my favorite scene is where Luke walks out and faces down all these giant adats and. And and you know, it, uh, for the I, record, I those are gun. those are ATACTs. Really, they're not actually. Well, they're different because they they're like they look more like gorillas. Gorilla, like yeah, like yeah. yeah, yeah. Their fists are down. Yeah, yeah. So what's the? Uh, oh no, sorry. ATACTs were the ones on Scarif. Um, is it ATMT or something? The ATM six. That's what it is. The ATACTs okay. are the ones that have the holes in the side for the cargo uh, things. Oh, on Scarif. okay. I gotcha. Uh, okay. The All Terrain Mega Caliber Six ATM Six oh, is sure, the Gorilla Walker. Enormous. Yeah. Um, so, so the walkers. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, it's uh, you know it, it's it's so artfully done, and you have Ray trying to move uh the rocks and, yeah great and, joke about lifting rocks that's great yeah, yeah. uh and luke has has one of his best lines where uh he goes uh the rebellion is the rebellion is reborn, reborn the war today. is just beginning uh and i will not be the last jedi yeah. um, this is this is mark hamill's best acting um yeah i think he's ever done ever yeah, yeah. and i feel like for so many fans to just like write this movie off because they hate it like out on top tier Mark Hamill in this. He's incredible in this movie. When he's telling yeah. Ray his version of that flashback and it comes back to him, he's got like tears in his eyes when he says, because I was Luke Skywalker, yep. Jedi Master. You know, like he is so good, so good in this movie. 
I, I do also love the camp moments for uh like that that Luke has in there because old Luke effectively just turns into Mark Hamill. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like oh that's just yeah. that's great. <laughs> yeah, like I, I feel like Luke would just turn into Mark Hamill, so that's fine. Yeah. Yeah, um, the the line he has, uh, where are you from? From nowhere. No one's from anywhere. Uh, Jakku, okay, that is pretty much nowhere. Um, <laughs> yeah. And that's um, like, I feel like a lot of people don't like the humor in this movie, and I think that's one of the jokes that people think is a little too, like, Marvel-y, quippy kind of stuff. And I like the, the conversation between Poe and Hux, the beginning people. Uh, sure. But as someone who grew up living on a desert planet, like, of course, he's going to be like, eh, well, OK, you're yeah, right. He understands. Like, I yeah. literally called where I grew up the planet farthest from the sun or the universe. So, yeah, yeah. Um, I love the scene and I love how it's um, it's kind of a surprise how they introduce uh, Yoda being there. And the scene with you, Luke and Yoda, I think, is incredible. The um, best Yoda quote. Uh, we are what they grow beyond. Yeah. Yeah. Incredible. The best teacher failure is yeah so good so good uh, i i was sitting next to you when you first saw that and oh really uh, I, I, yeah i remember you turned to rachel say something you turn and you saw it and you're like it was a great reaction <laughs> yeah um i, I want to say love... i actually think i was in the theater with you guys oh really they're one oh, of wow. the prequels i remember being up in the top uh, of the theater and you guys were like on the the main thing and as you were walking out i was like oh hey it's you guys and Powinski oh, wow. and <laughs> yes i, I actually I was like, oh, I hey guys <laughs> nice so, that's funny long, um I days long before the, the pop. where 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 ray is training on that stone by that stone and luke's yeah. just kind of watching her um yeah. um just so awesome and some john william moments the spark where luke walks out there um and the cue the powerful cue right after um kylo ren kills snoke uh and and, and she catches uh, that lightsaber yeah yeah she catches the saber and they slowly turn i mean it's oh, great it's so great oh, it's so great so good um i also love the the idea of like the the force connection between ray and kylo and all they don't use the term dyad it does kind of carry over like it does kind of foreshadow like oh they have this official connection kind of in rise of skywalker yep. and i love i like how they use how they use the force connection thing in rise of skywalker because it's set up that they can they can physically touch each other in last jedi so like that they're you know at the end when she passes the lightsaber yeah. to him is a really cool uh use of that i think yeah uh, i rise agree skywalker so that was a cool uh thing that was introduced i think well you know what else we're gonna introduce what's that our number fours our number fours um oh yeah yeah because that was number five all right here we are number four we're getting getting towards the end getting towards the end getting towards the end and i think things will start to tighten up a little here things are narrowing down yeah so So. uh (laughs) so so my your reaction is is going to be interesting to what i say number four number four a new hope whoa okay yeah okay so number four from the community was return of the jedi uh all right all right not a surprise. And number four for me was Return of the Jedi. Ooh, okay. Number four for me. Oh, this is great. This might be, I don't know if it's the first time we've had all different ones. Number four for me is Rogue One, a Star Wars story. Okay. I can see that. All right. I can see that. And I think that leaves leaves the gates open for 
I think we only have four. We have four left to talk about. So, (laughs) yeah, yeah. And here we are with our number threes. Number three from the the community. community The community said Rogue One, a Star Wars story. All right, Matt. Um, Number three and number two easily could have been tied for me. And I struggled with this one. And I think the only reason I I picked this at number three was because I recently watched number two. And I was like, oh, how can I not do that too? But my number three is Force Awakens. Oh, so wow. that, that we have to talk about. Uh, High showing yeah. of Force Awakens. Forgot about that. I so. knew yours and, was going to be in the top yeah. three. I knew that was going to be in the top three for you. Yeah. And I think we have to talk about Rogue One too. No, we don't. No, we do not. Um, uh, okay, Force Awakens, Matt. Sure, your number your number uh, three, top three yeah, Star Wars movies. This this easily could have been number one for me. Wow. Um, okay. And at points when I've done different lists, nothing is official as this list. Um, yeah, I mean, this, this list, one you're recorded, so yeah, this yeah. is carved in stone. <laughs> this and list is laminated. Um, <laughs> this easily could have been number one. Um, I think this movie is so much more than just a movie. I think the movie represents uh, the rebirth of the franchise and a whole new era for both Lucasfilm and Disney. And they kicked it off in an absolutely spectacular way. It's, it's the highest grossing star Wars film ever. Um, um, And I I mean, my favorite scene, one second, my favorite scene, I have this, I brought it down tonight. Because it's it's my favorite scene in all of Star Wars is um, is I have on this canvas the finale and, oh, the yeah. very last yeah shot. well Ray and, and, and I, I I I I tear up every time I see that because it is just mm. it is just uh, so powerful and uh, that final the the Jedi steps yes. and finale theme I was gonna say that is. Yeah. It's perfectly. It, it, it not only is it awesome, but we're playing that in the Camillus Community Band. Um, yeah. And, oh, nice. Uh, yeah, it's very cool. It's tough to play. Um, uh, shout out to the Sabcheck girls who are uh, anyway. Um, <laughs> who are not listening to this podcast? No, you didn't know. <laughs> I can't imagine <laughs> at all. Um, but uh, I, I, Ray finding Luke on uh, Act Two, Act Two. Um, John Williams, Ray's theme, Mars of the Resistance, Kylo Ren's theme, yeah, and the final piece. It, it's, it's just incredible. And, 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 I, and I do want to bring this up because I think it's important to address. And that's that um, this idea that The Force Awakens is too much like A New Hope. And there's some validity to that. Sure. Um, yeah. But I think that the majority of the people that make this claim – are the same people that complain that the last Jedi is too much of a departure. Um, (laughs) You know, um, there's similarities. Yes, but everything fits so well and makes so much sense. Um, It's, it's a very well-written script, well-acted. And as both Bob Iger and JJ Abrams have said, it's a $4 billion movie um, because the, the, um, the whole purchase of Star Wars and the future of Star Wars rested with this film. They had to play it safe. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I just love the film. I, I love the connection between Ray and Han Solo. Um, 
I, I, I love that we get to see Han and Leia again. Um, it's it's just I think uh, th- that opening scene w- with Poe and Ren. Do you talk? Do I talk? Who talks for? I mean, it's great. Um, it, I just I I love this film, um, and I think that um, there's a reason it's it's it's. Anyway, um, I'm rambling. But, but yeah. <laughs> um, I also love this movie. Uh, I I agree with you. It definitely it reinvigorated the franchise uh, for sure. Because I feel like there's a lot of not a lot, but I've seen on like Twitter some revisionist history from people who love the prequels and people saying like that the prequels were always looked at as these masterpieces and everyone always loved them and like that so not true. Like and I'm sorry if there's any prequel fans listening to this, but like. Those movies were hated furiously when they came out. And which is, again, I've rewatched them and I've come to appreciate them another time. Like, watch things more than once. If you're a Star Wars fan, give it another chance. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, everyone was so down on those prequels, so down on those prequels that, yeah, Matt, like, the when they came back, when they were like, we're going to make another one, we're going to make seven, I think everybody at Lucasfilm was like, this has to feel more like the original trilogy. It has to have characters from the original trilogy. It cannot be like the prequels. It's got to be fun and fast paced and kinetic and energetic. And it is all those things. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of people do complain that it's too much like a new hope. I get, I, I, I certainly see the similarities, but like this movie had to, had to serve as a, like a reboot and a restart, a, a sequel and a reboot at the same time. And I think it successfully does that. And uh, I mean, a lot of people, and there's validity to this too, a lot of people wish that the sequels had been constructed in a way that we got at least one scene with Mark Hamill and Harrison Ford and Carrie Fisher and Peter Mayhew and Anthony Daniels like together while they were all alive. Um, yeah. Because uh, now some of them are not, unfortunately. And I agree with that. But at the same time, when I'm watching this movie, I don't think about that. When I'm watching this movie, I'm like, this is a great idea for a story. Right. And I feel like someone, I should have said this when we were talking about Last Jedi, but like I remember talking to somebody about Last Jedi once, and I, this is when I was still struggling with it. I said something like, every time I'm watching it, I'm like, this is great. But then when I'm thinking about it later, I start realizing it bothers me. And the person that I was talking to hates The Last Jedi. Maybe they don't anymore. I don't know. But said something like, well, yeah, because when you're watching it, they're trying to trick you and blah, 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 blah. And I thought about that later on. I was like, wait, if I'm watching a movie and while I'm watching it, I like it, then the movie is working. Then it's my fault for thinking about it later and not liking it. Because if I'm watching it, that means like it's doing its job. It's right. performing yeah. what it's supposed to do. So like it's not the movie. It's me. Like it's me. It's my fault. So I apply that to Force Awakens as well. Like yeah, it would have been great to have uh, Luke and Leia and Han all together in one scene. But like you know, I don't know. We don't get that in life. Sometimes you don't get to you know reconnect with people. But no, and like you said, I agree. It, I, you don't you don't think I, about it when you're watching it. It's it's just it flows as the movie. Yeah, you let like the, the movie take you away, which right. is the job of a movie. Those to do. those three together would just be you know more fan service, which is what people yep. were complaining about for the entire movie. They're like, yeah. oh, it's I just know. the same I, thing. I feel like, like yeah, yeah. People like a lot of people complain that there's too much fan service in this movie, but it's also like no one fully agrees on what is too much fan service. Right. Like so. there's like split opinions on what. Yep. Um, I love, I love the character of Ray. You mentioned earlier, Matt, how you love her. I love her as yeah. well. I think her introduction, to this movie is incredible. Like you learn yeah. so much about her 
before she even says a word of dialogue. Says a word. Like, you yeah. know, you know that she lives in the middle of nowhere on a desolate place. You know that she uh, is a scavenger and like just scraping to get by in some weird like uh, selling junk based economy <laughs> like for food. You know that she's waiting. She's been there for a long time because she's keeping track on that thing. You know that she longs for a better life because she sits there and feels comfortable. She puts a, a pilot helmet on and like she's wearing that just when she's hanging out by herself. Like you learn so much about her. You know, she's wa- she's washing her like parts and she sees the old woman doing it. And you're like, oh, she's hoping that she isn't here that long. Like, you know, yeah. so yeah. much about her effortlessly. Mm-hmm. And it's wild watching Force Awakens. I'm like, I can't believe the same filmmaker made Rise of Skywalker because like yeah. that movie is such a mess. And this movie is so clear on like character motivations and like who people are like this. Char- this movie understands its characters so well, so well. And uh, I don't know. Yeah, it's great. And we're all going to see it yeah. um, tonight, yeah. May the 4th. We're going to see it tonight. Yes. I can't wait. Um, I, I, the, the other thing, the promotion and the, you know, I, I talked earlier about the, the, uh, the phenomenon around episode one. This was, this was two, three times that, I, I mean, the, the, everything had a star Wars logo on it. I remember there were star Wars oranges uh, uh, at Target, you could, yep. I, I mean, it was with BB-8 had, on the uh, logo. Yep. Yeah. Um, I also think this was around the time that May the Fourth became a thing. Um, yeah. 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 You know, and and it. Um, th- then they had like September Force Fridays, and, and I mean the, the the promotion around it is absolutely second to none that I've never seen with another film ever. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, and, and 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 I loved it. I, I loved this film. I watched this film every. Um, the, the other thing was this film also, for me personally, um, made it very uh, synonymous with the holiday with Christmas. Same, dude. Uh, same. Yeah, uh, and, and I always like to watch this movie on Christmas Eve morning. Nice. Um, it's just a tradition I have. Uh, it just, um, just something yeah, cool. It, I it, yeah. It didn't take much before, like, because Star Wars movies got in the habit of coming out at Christmas time, and it yep. didn't take long. Maybe after Rogue One came out, I was like, "Oh, Christmas is a time for Star Wars." Like, all Star Wars <laughs> movies are Christmas movies, and I just like that's how I, I still, I still think and, and that you know, it's been a few years. Yeah, I don't. No, think and now, and they're doing that again because the next date for the new Jedi Order movie is December two thousand twenty-five. So it's like, yeah, we're getting back and christmas in uh, space well, in, e- even with the trailers when you see this christmas you're like oh my god like that gives you chills for some reason yeah. oh yeah um also with with force awakens um i think force awakens has the two best trailers of, of any star wars film um when the, the uh, it was that second trailer that came out i think it came out at celebration and um at the very end where you're chewy we're home. I mean, it's just, it's yeah. just incredible. Oh, yeah. And, and that third trailer, um, it's just, it, it's, it's awesome stuff. Um, I, right. I think this is really when trailers, uh, became a thing. Well, I think for my third pick, I'm going to bring it back to where trailers were not a thing with a new hope, the original star Wars. Number three is a new hope. for All right. Wow. Okay. My number three it's my turn to for number three, yeah. right? Okay. My number three, Return of the Jedi, episode six. 
Return of the Jedi. Is that a trigger? Nope. Okay. I don't think so. I, I couldn't remember whether Matt had drafted or not. So, uh, number two. Number from, two, and we still haven't talked about four movies. From, yeah. from the community. <laughs> number two, Star Wars A New Hope. Wow. Yeah, that makes sense. It's a solid number two. Yep. Matt, what's your number two? I had a... Never mind. Um, my number two is... <laughs> I didn't do it. Um, my number two is Return of the Jedi. And... Oh. Uh, uh, I think that triggers it, right? It does. And that also triggers the fact that it's a consensus on number one. <laughs> yeah. Um, movie moved up a slot for me, uh, seeing it in theaters again this yeah. weekend. Uh, and it is, it's, it's nearly flawless. Although there are a lot of people uh, out there that don't like the ending of this movie, which I don't understand, but, um, who doesn't when like Luke the end of this movie? I mean, I think you mean you mean the Ewok battle. No, just like I, I, I'll never forget. I met this guy at camp one time, and he's like, "Well, they they really should have turned Luke first. That, and I'm like, "What are you talking about? The whole huh. series revolves around never heard that. When, when Luke throws down his saber and faces the worst man in the galaxy and proclaims himself a Jedi after Yoda said." your training will not be complete until you face Vader. It is so powerful and so incredible. Um, His line, the line, I am a Jedi like my father before me is for me, has become one of my favorite lines. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, Mike, Mike and I have both talked that especially like it hit hard. And now as parents, we're both like, it's, it's an actual visceral reaction when I hear that line uh, in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's uh, it's just so well done. Yeah. Uh, favorite scene: Luke on the diving board. Uh, <laughs> oh man! Yeah, when he yeah. pops back up and R two shoots a lightsaber, he catches it and he pops it, and it's green. Like the yeah. first time I saw this movie, I was like, "You can have a green lightsaber? What?" <laughs> like it just blew my mind that that I just yep. Oh man! Still like we like I just saw it in the theater this past weekend. Still got so excited when that little yeah. little thing opens yeah. and he comes out of his head and you're just waiting for Oh man, it's the best. Uh, so I don't know awesome. if you did, Mike, but I was watching like doing the like go back and forth between watching, watching me and then yeah, watching me my son. Yeah, same. Yeah. And just watching him just stare like this is happening. Yeah, <laughs> it was yeah. just like uh, so slack jawed so staring cool. at so Luke just apex Jedi, especially after the way that entire first scene with him force choking the Gamorrean guards uh, coming in in all black in the robes. And you're like, who is what's going on here? Yeah. And then, you know, to the actually, and again, if you want Matt to go back to the John Williams thing, the, the actual cue, the return of the Jedi uh, is from like that, the, the skiff sail barge uh, scene. And, when he springs back off of the board and the his theme hits, it's just like, okay, we're into it. And the music's taking you yeah. there and it's it's yeah. beautifully done. Yeah. I mean, I I fully admit that like I don't think this is a perfect movie. Oh no. If you're like a filmmaking standards. Like I see that there's cracks in this movie 
but this is out of more than any other movie in my list. I think I put this movie at my number three out of mostly nostalgia because it's just in my heart and I just can't see it as a bad movie. I can't see it being like I, I, I do and I don't care. Like I just like I acknowledge mm-hmm. I'm just like, yeah, Harrison Ford's kind of phoning it in. Whatever. Don't care. Like it's I watch this movie. It's like slipping into a nice warm bath. I don't know uh, what it is. It's just like relaxing. I just feel like I'm at home when I'm watching Ford in this Jedi. movie is so weird because like half the scenes he's like dead on. And then there's yeah. other moments you're like, okay, guess he showed yeah. up on set that well, day. There's, there's like a theory. <laughs> um, there's a theory I've heard before that I mean, Harrison Ford didn't want to come back. He thought right. that Han should die and just, or should stay frozen. Mm-hmm. And, um, but then he, they ended up talking him into coming back. And if you watch the movie, he's kind of like ancillary to like the plot. He's there to kind of like do quips and make one liners. And the mm-hmm. theory is that like, they already had a lot of the script written and then they just kind of plugged in Han Solo for jokes because oh. they didn't really have, they're like, well, we have stuff that everyone else is already doing. Right. Um, or we'll just put him in here. Um, but, uh, but I don't care. It, I, it, I don't care. I love it. I love it. It, 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 it was interesting to see. Um, so I've seen Return of the Jedi twice in theaters. Once was Easter Sunday, 1997. And um, the other was Saturday. Um, and it was interesting to see people's reaction to Han. Like, I was like, yeah, they're laughing at that part. Yeah, I guess that is pretty funny. His yeah. sort of, <laughs> yeah. like, like, like when he makes it, you know, like faces or whatever. Um, it, the, you know, the the movie, it, it it's got a it's got a great beginning, middle, and end. You know, it's it's a total three act. Um, uh, movie, you know, the Jabba's palace and, and the stuff with the emperor and Endor. And then what I think is the best third act in, in all of star Wars, when you have the battle of Endor and you have Luke and the emperor invader on the death star and you have, uh, Lando flying the Falcon. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I mean, all that going on, it is it is edited beautifully. I will well, not cool. take any that's wedge cool. slander for the record. What's wedge that? Slander. It was not yeah. just Lando in there. Wedge was also wedge flying thing. next to him in an X Wing. Yeah. I'm gonna say that's what's cool about I'm the original. On my tri- way out. Yeah. That's what's cool about the original trilogy is like the first that but first first movie is just one story, one plot line. Yep. Like they're cutting back between like the bad guys and the good guys, but then like the second movie. There's two plot lines. There's like Han and Leia and there's Luke. And then the third movie, there's th- by the end of the movie, there's three different things happen at the same time. There's the space battle, oh, there's the ground cool. battle, Endor, and there's the Death Star. So like, I think that's really cool how it and like kind of the, the films cool. evolve yeah. in like their storytelling. I know you and I were talking after we saw it, Mike, but the <clears throat> not realizing how long that like the second into the third act is like yeah. the, the briefing on home one going like before the battle of before they jumped to hyperspace for the battle of Endor and them hitting the shield generator is like at the half point of the movie. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like there's yeah. a lot of film where they're going, you know, three way, uh, yeah. like the, the, the three different storylines. And it's kind of crazy to think. Cause my, my son kept looking like, uh, how much time is left? I'm like, I know, 15 yeah. minutes. I told him 15 yeah, minutes, it, like 20 times. It was yeah. great. It's like the oh, longest okay. of the original trilogy. I believe. Yeah. Longer. And even though it's only like, it's like an hour, it's like two hours and 
14 minutes yeah. or something where like now like rise of skywalker is like two hours and 45 minutes right. or something like insanely long like um so i mean compared to that it feels like a breeze but um yeah i don't know i love this movie i love the speeder bike chase is one of my favorite scenes in all of star wars i think that uh yoda's death scene is one of my favorite scenes in all of star wars like luke there is another skywalker is like just it's just so good i love it i love it so well acted yeah i I mean acting between mark hamill and a puppet it's just absolute brilliance yeah um i do want to bring up something that i think may actually um uh tick you guys off a little bit all right we'll make it quick because we got more to talk to and we're going real long um it has to do oh okay oh wow it has to do with john williams i love return the return the jedi theme the emperor's theme battle of andor but I personally, my favorite special edition change was the finale music. Oh, um, yeah, yep. I, 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 I absolutely love it. I just you're alone. Think it's, I, I know I am. In I this room, am. you're I alone in this room talking, on that yeah. for sure. I am, yeah. I am Camp Yubnub. I know Yubnub uh, for life. Yubnub yeah. for life. I want a shirt that says Yubnub for life. If that exists, oh, we can make that. Link. Oh, yeah. that that'll be that'll be the first multiverse first report. First multiverse shirt. report shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Yubbed up for life. <laughs> yep, multiverse report on the yep. back. Amazing. Oh, uh, perfect. <laughs> well, since we're rolling along, uh, because we're uh, you know so rapidly rolling along, I haven't said my number two. I haven't either. Oh, okay. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Uh, my number two is Rogue One: A Star Wars Story. Oh, okay. That triggers a conversation. There. It does. So. I don't know. Number two is Rogue One. Wow. Yeah, I, it just, I, it's one of those where I admit it's relatively like there's points where it's disjointed. There's points where sometimes it feels like it's just hey, jerky or you whatever. Don't have to, you don't have but to apologize it, like, for your Rogue One love. Oh, no. It's like, not at all. To me, it's one of the most, like, not fun, but like fun to watch movies just from all of the gaps it fills in almost perfectly. And then the yeah. whole second half, like the setup is one thing. A lot of people complain about the clunkiness of the setup. I can get over that for that back half because the, the when third you act the, of this movie is yeah, the battle of Scarif, wild, tremendous. It's just tremendous. absolutely insane. Um, yes. The characters of Baze and Chirrut, I absolutely love. Um, and then you see it's the first time we see Vader being Vader. Yeah. Yep. Like that scene alone could ramp it up to, to the top yeah. five. Movies. Everyone's everyone's scared of him. He's the most, uh, you know, vicious guy in the galaxy, but we never see him get to do any of that stuff. No, we like, see we, him like yeah, fight wiggle. Luke, a, we see him fight Obi-Wan. That's right. it. We don't. That's it. And this is the first time you're right, Steve. We get to see him completely just. Just being absolutely merciless, which they continue in like Obi-Wan. We get right. to see that more there. But like this was just like just complete glee for me in a theater oh yeah this. and like as soon as they, that lightsaber ignites you're just like you're you're on the seat of your chair like you're on yeah. the edge of your seat this you're the seat yeah. of your chair you're uh, on the seat of your chair <laughs> yep <laughs> just like what's gonna happen <laughs> yeah yeah so, absolutely. so 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 i love this movie i think it's creative i think it's exciting um it's i think one of the reasons people rank it so high is it's it's creative and it's new it's you're taking one story, but you're like you're branching out and building this whole new story, which I think is one of the reasons people love Andor is because it's just completely new and completely different. Um, 
You mean like separate from? You mean like separate from the saga? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no Skywalker involved. Um, Well, technically there is at the end, but two of them. uh, I love how they brought back Tarkin. I thought that was very creative. Yep. Uh, And and I like CGI Leia for the for the five seconds she's in it. And um, um, you know, favorite scene when Admiral Radis calls up the Hammerhead Corvette. I just think (laughs) that whole that whole scene is just so cool. Uh, only film that doesn't have John Williams involvement. Um, yeah, my, uh, my, I Michael can never Giacchino. say his name. Giacchino. Michael Giacchino. Giacchino. Yep. Who uh, who does a bunch of the Pixar films? For me He's personally, he stuff, did the yeah. Lost soundtrack. Yeah, um, he was also incredible. He, he was a last minute replacement. I don't yes. remember who like someone that was supposed to do it couldn't or dropped out, and then he wrote the entire score for Rogue One in like two weeks or something. Yeah. Wow. It was ridiculous. It's incredible. Yeah. And to write uh, it in the vein of Williams, like it fits fits very well. Same thing yeah. with what yeah, Powell did with uh, Solo. Like it still feels like a Star Wars score. Yeah. Definitely. He also incorporated um, uh, different themes that were exclusive to episode four, like um, like the Death Star t- theme, you know, bum, yep. bum, bum, bum. Um, yeah. And and it's just very cool. It's it is like you said that battle scene. Um, well, and that battle and scene also sets thing. up uh, that 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 also sets the stage for why the rebellion is so small and their only shot is against the Death Star is as it is because yeah. most yeah. of their fleet got destroyed trying to assault Scarif to get the plans. Yeah, Blue Squad gets taken out. Yeah. Um, two more things about this movie. One, um, I think it enhances a new hope, uh, because you see why Vader is so pissed off at the beginning of new hope and how hard it was to get the plans and and all that. And if you've never looked up, if you've never looked up the cut on YouTube of the end of rogue one directly into the first scene of a new hope, it flows perfectly. Perfectly. Where you see Luke looking up to the stars and he sees the battle up there. Yep. It's just so oh, the cool. deleted scene. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, ha- the other ha- thing that was, sorry, go ahead. You can finish. Oh, sorry. Um, I, I, I love that. Um, I think this, this uh, shut down a bunch of haters who said that Disney can't make a star Wars film when Disney made a star Wars film where practically everyone dies at the end. Yeah, um, and from what I've heard, it was Lucas. It was like Kathleen Kennedy and Lucasfilm. Like I think the right the writers said, "Well, they'll never let us kill everybody, so let's write a version where everyone lives." And then they brought it to Lucasfilm, and the it was Lucasfilm that was like, "Don't you think it'd be better if if no one made it out of this?" And they're like, "Oh, we can do that. Yeah, that's what we wanted to do. Like it was their so, I mean, idea." So- and I agree with you. Like so many people love this movie. Like. This is it's a very highly rated from our community and like from other people that I know on, on our list. We all rated it fairly high. Matt was a little bit lower, but um, uh, I feel like people that love to trash Disney for quote unquote ruining Star Wars or whatever, like forget, yo, Disney made Rogue One. Like, hello, like they yeah. made one of the best Star Wars movies that exist. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. They um, made Rogue I, One and or Bad Batch. Like Mandalorian. Mandalorian. Last season of Clone Wars. Most of Obi-Wan. Like, yeah. Two episodes of Boba um, Fett. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I agree with what you guys said that uh, part, of the, part of the reason that I still can't fully get on board with the prequels is that 
it really feels to me like George Lucas didn't watch his original trilogy for a refresh before he wrote those movies because things don't line up or they line up in ways that are just so clunky and like afterthoughts like oh yeah erase the protocol droids memory like okay well i guess that makes sense but it's like a last minute off the cuff thing or like why does obi-wan just completely lie to luke about everything as soon as like why there's no point in like, i don't ever remember you, having a droid it's like you dude, don't you recognize were with R2, these r2 for decade you yeah and you were with 3po after you just left your best friend on the side of yeah. a volcano to die like you remember the droids there's no way you don't <laughs> right. droids Obi-Wan. like come on like it doesn't make sense it doesn't make sense rogue one so seamlessly lines up with everything absolutely everything in a new hope that what you said matt i agree with it makes a new hope better the very first star wars movie where everything this came from this like sacred piece of film is enhanced by the way that this movie leads up to it which i think is just incredible it it does in a less voluminous way what the clone wars does for episodes two and three yeah in a more succinct way in two hours versus seven seasons (laughs) of a show yeah so yeah well, yeah, you wanted to yep. you wanted to mention the uh, the the film where it all came from. So, Mike, uh, what is your number two? My number two is Star Wars Episode Five: The Empire Strikes oh, Back. Boom! That wow, wow! <laughs> I feel like that's a recent shift, huh? Before we started recording, I said, I want to go last. I don't know why, but that's why I wanted to go last, guys. Fair that's enough. Your, your faces right there is why I want. <laughs> and it is. It is a fairly recent shift. Hmm. Okay. Oh. Oh. Well, guys, I... number one. <laughs> <laughs> What's your number one? So Empire. By many, about it. I mean, I guess we, I guess we are because that's what you said. That's that what I said. But two. you guys, you guys haven't specifically said what. Oh no! One yeah. Is, so nor have you read the communities? No, ah. I haven't. Said what my number one is. Aha! So the community number one was episode five, Empire Strikes Back. All right, Matt. What's your number one? Well, I uh, I planned to change shirts at, during every episode, but I didn't have a. Exegol or Geonosis shirt. So I'll just <laughs> go with the uh, Bespin shirt. Uh, Empire so Strikes Back. Is your number one. And Steve, yeah. what's your number one, buddy? Uh, also Empire Strikes Back. All right. Well, let's talk about what I think is one of the greatest movies ever made. The Empire Strikes Back, episode five. And that was, um, uh, that was by a, a relative uh, almost doubling up on the community. Uh, pretty that, that wide was their margin. One. Yeah. From the numbers um, I saw, yes. And Return of the Jedi was actually the second most popular number one. And then Rogue One was the third. So A New Hope was actually the wow. fourth most popular number one. Yeah. But far and away the most popular number two. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. I mean, Empire Strikes Back is a cinematic masterpiece by all accounts. And um, yeah. that's yeah. it. Okay. We can move on. <laughs> <laughs> um. It, I, I, you know, I can't think of a of another film that suspends a story over three years like that, where they leave you uh, feeling w- like w- what just happened. Everything went wrong. Right. Um, it, you know, the, the the only other movie 
that I can think of that does that. And they, the uh, the the Russo brothers, frequently talk about how Empire Strikes Back was a influence on them is Infinity War, but um, it, you know, um, it takes what George did in the first film and multiplies it by ten. I think. Yeah. You have three different planets, all drastically different, with different beings and creatures and climate. Uh, a story so compelling you just can't turn away. Um, you know, I, I mentioned my my favorite scene of all Star Wars uh, just a minute ago. My second favorite is is um, when Luke, who just lost his hand and found out his father is the meanest guy in the galaxy and that his friend was turned into stone, uh, falls down a shaft and is hanging for dear life with one hand and calls out. I, I get emotional when I talk about it and calls out to the one person that he knows has his back more than anything in, in Leia. And you hear the force theme in Leia saying, we have to go back. It's yeah. just, it just, it is, it is such incredible storytelling. Um, I, you know, new hope is, is all about, is all about feeling good about yourself and, and and good prevails empire strikes back it's it, it's 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 a bit of a slap in the face because yeah. you're like whoa it, it, movies can do this yeah. like and just leave us like leaving you know, hanging yeah um john williams the imperial march good lord uh the asteroid field yoda's theme which i think is oh, one of the most yoda's beautiful theme themes is, ever yeah. It's one of my favorite. Ever, uh, yep. And the Han and Leia's theme, it's just, it's incredible. This movie's yep. a masterpiece. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I re- like, it builds out the world. It expands on everything that the first one was. Like, you, it's the first time we see Force Ghosts. It's the first time we see people, are, we learn that Jedi can move objects with their mind if they focus. Yep. Um, it's just great. And this, like I mentioned that I think um, uh, the last Jedi is the best looking Star Wars movie. This is an easy second, I think. Like the, yeah. the colors, shot, and, uh, just... yeah, the way it's shot is so great. It's also the least affected, I think, by the um, uh, special of... edition changes yeah. that were added in the late '90s. Like, there's some junk that was added to the first one, and junk that was like uh, Jedi rocks. Uh, in Return of the Jedi is a weak point for me, but um, although I can this, say like, when Jedi um, rocks started, uh my son was like freakishly laughing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, it's funny for sure. But at Max Rebo, because um, Max Rebo's the man. Yeah, he is the man. Um, but yeah, this is great. My, I, my favorite scene in this movie is, um, uh, I don't know. any the, the entire ending of it, I guess like yeah. from the Han about to get frozen in carbonite to the end is just incredible. It's the, like the, the, the way look that and the, the colors, mm-hmm. The colors on that in that on that platform of the carbon freezing yeah. facility is like and just that so interspersed great. with the Vader like the the red lightsaber and everything like during the Luke and Vader fight on that yeah. the carbon freezing chamber, it was just like uh, how how they shot that to make it look like they did was just I know yeah like the bright insane. orange the bright orange that's coming through the floor yep. with the smoke but with like the blue back the light blue background mm-hmm. and everything else is like black because of the silhouettes or the darkness is just so so incredible and it's like my favorite one of my favorite lines in all of Star Wars or scenes in all of Star Wars is when 
Chewie starts throwing stormtroopers because yeah. he's mad that and Han has to calm him down. It's like, this won't help me. There'll, there'll be another time. Right. The princess, you have to take care of her. Like, just like, oh man, like he's yeah. t- telling his telling his best friend, like, hey, I'm about to die, but it's okay. It's okay that I'm about to die. Right. Like it's your responsibility. You yep. have to look after, make sure everybody's safe. It's gonna be okay. Like oh, yeah. there'll be there'll be another time. It's just, oh, it's so great. So great. Um, in in defense of the special editions, I think the co- the colors and the stuff you guys uh, were speaking of. I think a, a lot of you know a lot of people hate that that Lucasfilm went back and changed it so many times. The one thing they did do though is they continued to upgrade the the picture of it, and that's yeah. why when you watch it on Disney Plus now, it looks like oh, it yeah. was shot yesterday. Yeah, everything looks great, and, and it's yeah. just you know it's in Dolby Vision, and it just it's it's incredible. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, yeah, even like I, we didn't give enough love to Huff, but anything, oh, yeah, no, that's during that incredible. whole, yeah, like yeah, the, I mean the Battle of Huff in itself, but even even just the snow speeders flying over the terrain looking for Luke. Yep. And Han, you're just like, this is just okay. Like it, it puts you in yeah, that so cool. place. Like you're like, yeah. okay, they're actually flying over terrain looking for these guys. Yeah. It's also, I think, I think my favorite Yoda is goofball Yoda that we first <laughs> meet at the beginning. And he's just like, mm-hmm, you cannot get your ship out. <laughs> like, he's like laughing like a little idiot. Right. Like Yoda. You seek Yoda. Yeah, he's yeah. so funny. I think he's so funny. And like, because I know that he's actually Yoda and he's just doing this to mm-hmm. mess with Luke. Like, it's so funny right, to when, me. Just when, when he's whacking R2 with yeah, the stick. He's and... smacking R2. Yeah, it's so funny. Mine, mine, mine. Yeah. It's so funny. Like, it's, oh. He is too old. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, oh, and the turn that he makes in that scene. Oh, yeah. When yeah. he's going from Goofy to be like, I cannot teach him. Like, oh, shit, what just happened? Like, this guy got serious all of a sudden. I'm not afraid. You will be like really <laughs> yeah. intense. Oh, okay. I guess I am well, right now. And, and that movie gets very dark at times. Like the uh, 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 the cave where he faces off with the yeah. big Vader or the imaginative Vader. Yeah. And um, you know, some of those Dagobah scenes are very dark. And yeah. it, it, um, it, it as a kid. So as a kid, I saw Empire Strikes Back. Uh, before I ever saw New Hope. Um, oh, really? Yeah. Wild. We had, yeah, very wild. We had um, HBO played back to back Empire and Jedi and like a free trial. You know, they used to do free trials of HBO, sure. like mm-hmm. HBO Weekend, and we recorded it. And that's what I watched for years and years. I didn't have the original trilogy on VHS until probably the THX. Mm-hmm. Um, versions, you know, yeah. which were pre special edition came in the box and, uh, y- y- yeah, yeah exactly. Vader's, Vader's helmet um, on half of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and, and, it, you know, I would rent new hope from video King or wherever, but, um, there's a, there's a, a Easter egg there for you with video King. <laughs> um, remember that little castle anyway. Um, it, it, uh, it, to me, this is the most Star Wars film. Hmm. Um, I, and, and what I mean by that is... There's more Star Wars than Star Wars? Well, yeah, <laughs> I, I think so. And, and yeah. I mean, the creatures and the planets and the, and the, the, the dialogue and, 
And, and I love a new hope with my heart, but it, um, you know, it, it, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, I, I, I love empire. Um, there were parts where I was extremely scared at this movie, especially during the Vader and, and Luke battle where yeah. he's like throwing crap at Luke. And it's like, yeah, know. my, my son hates that part. He won't watch that. Yeah. And I didn't like um, it when I was a kid either. It was scary. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Um, so cool. yeah. So right. Mike, what's your number one? My number one, and again, pretty recent change, is Star Wars Episode Four: A New Hope. I was going to say, because we've, we've had this discussion before, and that was not your yeah. answer prior. So I know. I know. Uh, since this is the last we've time a, I We've had a come to Lucas it. moment. It's not, yeah, it's not a yeah. come to Jesus <laughs> moment. Yeah, I think I did. I think I did. Um, I know. It's like the first Star Wars movie I ever saw, and the last time I watched it, I was like, it's just the best. It's just the best. Like, it's... I get how it's a hard entry point. Like, cause there's been times when I've shown this to people um, who've never seen star Wars before. And I'm just like, yes, this, I, in my opinion, you start with episode four. If someone's never oh, yeah. seen it, that's where you start for sure. But you know, there's like, you don't meet Luke till 20 minutes into the movie and it's just d- droids wandering around in the desert. Like I get that. It's like a hard sell. It's like now when you're not like, Whoa, these effects are incredible. Um, but for me, it's just perfect. I don't know. Like, uh, it's the start of everything. It's the it's where everything comes from, you know. And every mm-hmm. all roads lead back uh, to here. I feel like I just watched this so many times when I was a kid. It just blew my mind. Um, I like. There's part of there's like an innocence to it. Like you don't know, like the. Like I, I've met people that say like, oh, I love Force Awakens because of the possibilities, but now I don't like it as much because of what came after it, which I think is a dumb way to look at things. Um, not dumb, but like, you know, you, you don't have to, you can still like the one thing, you know, and right. it doesn't have to be soured because of what came after it, that that one thing still exists. But like, there's like an innocence to this where like, you don't have to worry about what came before or what's going to come after. You can just watch this movie even if they never made a sequel, this movie is still great the way right. it is, you know. And, and the Lucas only shot it in that way, as, yeah, as if the it was, only real, he didn't know he was getting greenlit for two. Exactly, and the only loose end that they really leave is that Vader's ship flies off at the right. end. Like that's it; he's still alive. But that's the only thing um, that uh, that is that needs to be wrapped up, really. Um, and I really like that Vader's not like in control. There's something about like Vader. Like like Leia says it like uh, Tarkin holding Vader's leash or whatever mm-hmm. at the beginning. Um, I like that it's it, to me it's like the Emperor. It's like he failed at something. The Emperor's like, okay, well I'm punishing you, and Tarkin's your boss now or whatever. You know, like he's still so like he's he's still an employee. You know, he's right. not like the Vader that's commanding his Star Destroyer and in charge of the fleet. Like he is beholden to this old guy Tarkin who I love also I think yeah, he's great Peter, Peter Cushing, Cushing is great as Tarkin yeah. um, it's just like a different vibe and like you can see you can see that the rest of it's not there yet you know you can see it as its own thing you can see it's like Vader's just this weird uh, half robot space wizard but Obi-Wan's this other kind of space wizard and I don't really know anything about these space wizards but they sure don't like each other you know like it's yep. like something about the 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 energy of it and the simplicity of it just really like 
hits home for me in a way that just makes me feel like a kid every time I watch it, every time I watch it. So, yeah, I don't know. I guess rewatching with my, it's one of those where every time I look at this list, it could be different. Yeah, for like, sure. I spent a lot of time curating this, but like, I mean, Empire will always be number one for me. Yeah. But like, well, Steve, I used to think that too. I used to think that too. And yeah. then recently. But like, I, I could very easily swap Rogue One and New Hope. Yeah. Like that. I mean, that I could swap Empire the... tomorrow. Tomorrow could Empire could be number one again tomorrow. Right. It's so exactly. good, like for sure. But yeah. But they like the, this movie. And again, I recently rewatched it again with my son. Yeah. And it's like, okay, this, the, the, this is where the bones were set. Like, right. The skeleton for all of this was built off of this movie and it, it was done extremely well. Yeah. I mean, especially almost, watching the ILM stuff of how they did it and like what they were working with at the time. It was just yeah. insanity that yeah. they pulled this off on the budget. It, it, and how it was saved with the edit, you know, yeah. I mean, they went in there and they knew, George knew what he wanted to do, but he's going through, you know, he's having medical issues because it's so stressful and, 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 and it's, it's, it, it's, it's a massive undertaking. Um, I love this movie. I, I, again, I, I think the reason I I ranked it below uh, Empire and Jedi was because I saw those two movies first. Sure. Um, yeah. I I think here is not to play devil's advocate, but I'm going to play devil's advocate. Here's my only issue with the film. Um, when it's placed with the rest of the films. There are some things that don't quite add up or are a little clunky. For example, um, when Obi-Wan dies and is, is struck with the lightsaber, he disappears. That's the only time that happens when someone is struck by a lightsaber. True. Um, but it also or, happened to Yoda when or, he died. Right. But, but, but Yoda wasn't killed. And... Um, or, or for example, Yoda or, 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 or Obi-Wan saying, uh, I don't ever recall owning a droid. Like, yeah, they fit that to work. But when you line it up against the other movies, no, they didn't, but that's not, that's, that's the prequels fault. That's not a new hopes fault. That's the prequel. I, 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 and I totally agree with you, but because there's more of those films now, it, it's sort of it sort of doesn't mesh at, at some very minuscule points. That's my, that's my, my only complaint. I also, beside, I mean, speaking to the point, other point you just made is the only other Jedi that we see get killed with a lightsaber is Qui-Gon Jinn. Is that yeah. correct? I think and so. He's the first, yeah. he's the, he's the first one that, figures out how to be a force ghost, how to commune via the force, as Yoda says at the right. end of Revenge of the Sith. Yes. There's no as, other as Jedi that is out. killed with a lightsaber that we right. see. Oh, with a lightsaber. Yeah, I guess you're... Well, well n- n- um, no. In mm-hmm. uh, Revenge of the Sith, when uh, the four Jedi come in to see Palpatine, um... um Oh, and, and only yeah, Mace Windu survives. Fisto, well, that's uh, true. All them that's are. true. But I also think that um, there's like a 
there's like a way like you have to train yourself to be able to commune via the force and yeah. stop if, bringing stop bringing clone wars into this my friend <laughs> i'm just saying that's true it, i'm saying i'm like it's canon. Be, it's canon because that because yoda says at the end of revenge of the sith he's telling obi-wan for the first time like oh there's a there's a way to commune via the force so i i feel like it's easily understandable that those other jedi don't know about that seems to be very new information yeah so but i get that i get that. i think because i kind of like it because it stands out like because the fact that it stands out a little bit i'm talking about a new hope compared to the yeah. other movies because it stands out a little bit speaks to how kind of revolutionary it was and how weird of a movie it is like i said earlier you don't meet the main character 20 minutes right it's droids in alone in a desert or if they're not alone they're talking to weird little jawas or yeah, other yeah. droids like this is a weird movie yeah. It's weird. And the weirdness of it speaks to me like like they can't make a Star Wars movie like that again. And they never did. Right. And they can't now. They can't make a story that starts off as narratively strange as A New Hope and then eventually gets to, yeah, all firing on all cylinders, amazing action fantasy film. Uh, but because they did... And it works like it's almost like an op, it's not like an art movie for a while in the beginning. Yeah. And like that kind of speaks to me. And also just like I really was it was a long time that I did not watch this movie because I was so anti special editions when those happened. Like I hated really? that they put Jabba in this movie. The I Jabba hated thing. that they Ugh. that they added all the Tatooine stuff, like all like the other creatures for like no reason. Like that, yeah. I don't need a dinosaur to walk directly in front of the camera when I'm trying to watch Obi-Wan and Luke and the speeder. Like, why is that there? Like, why are you changing these things? Why is Greedo missing shooting first and missing Han Solo at point blank range? Like these things don't make sense. None of these, like I was so mad about right. it. that I just refused to watch it for a long time. Years and years and years. I refused to watch it. I would still watch empire i watched empire all the time because we talked about that was like the least amount of changes of the least affected mm -hmm. and honestly the first time i watched it in a really long time was when i was watching all of them in chronological order before going to see the rise of skywalker so like it had been a long time since i had sat and watched a new hope yeah and i was like oh this is one of my favorite movies of all time. How have, why have I not watched this? For right. Why have years? I shunned like, this for yeah. how am I have depriving myself of watching this movie? Like the thing at the end where Luke is about to blow up the Death Star and Vader's about to shoot him. And you're like, what's going to happen? What's gonna, and then like Han flies in with a Falcon. Guys, I forgot about that. That's how long <laughs> it had been since I'd watched this movie. And I literally went, I like it worked. I, I went, oh my God. Like I was yeah. like out of my mind that he Han Solo came back. I was like, I was like a kid. Yep. I was like an eight year old kid again. Watch this movie. You missed and the, so, like, the yee who, which is like the weirdest possible thing. Yeah. Harrison Ford could yeah. have said there. <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyway, and I, I think like that kind of started this reinvigoration of this film for mm -hmm. me. And so like watching it, like since then I've watched it with my son several times and watch it by myself and I'm just like, yep, this is my favorite. Like yeah. it may not be the best, like Empire may be a better film, maybe narratively or visually or whatever, but like I think A New Hope is my favorite Star Wars movie. Yeah, just, that works. Yeah. I can think of yeah, a lot of worse I, choices. Also, I know, I'm sorry, I know we're going long and I wrap that up really well right now, but I also have to say one of the reasons I love this movie is uh, Princess Leia, characterization of Princess Leia. I think 
George Lucas gets a ton of credit for the for inventing this kind of like space opera genre, which a ton of people have copied. He gets a ton of credit. And all this is deserved. All this is deserved for inventing these special effects that revolutionized the industry, inventing um, industrial light and magic that went on to do so much work. What I don't think it gets credit for, which he should get a lot of credit for, is how much of a badass he wrote the female lead of this movie. There's one female character. There's one woman character in this movie. It's Princess Leia. Yes, they have to rescue her at one point. But at no point does she take any shit from any man in this movie, including Darth Vader. Straight up at the beginning of this movie, we've never met this character before, but everything about him tells us that he's the bad guy. He's terrifying and I'm scared of him. She walks right up to him. She's like half his size and starts giving him shit immediately. Well, that's and because that's she's part her... of the Rebel Alliance and a traitor. <laughs> yeah. I take her yeah, away. Only... <laughs> And she just like laughs him off like Darth Vader. This could only only you could be yep. so bold. Like she does not care about him at all. She's not scared. Yeah. She's not threatened. And she doesn't take any shit. And immediately after she's rescued, she's like, you guys suck at this. I'm <laughs> like, what are you doing? Yeah. Yeah. It's so and, and the, great. And the same, it's so great. The, the same with Tarkin. She's like, I thought I smelled your foul stench yeah. when I was brought yeah. on board. I mean, yeah. it's like, it's a great line. Now in with, the 70s, in the 70s, she, he wrote this yeah. character to be oh, like yeah. this. In a time with like, you know, like Bond women just like as objects and like, like it is such, she is such like a pillar of feminism in cinema. And it came from his character, his writing her like that in A New Hope. And I think that it just knocks me out every time I watch it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, well. Real quickly, favorite scene in this movie when... And it is, I think it's the funniest scene in all of Star Wars when um, they're, they have the gun battle, blaster battle, uh, right by the detention center. And um, Han goes, "Uh, everything's fine, situation normal. We had a slight weapons malfunction, but we're all fine here. We're all fine here now. Thank you. How are you? How are you? Yeah. <laughs> Just, and um, conversation John anyway. Williams, John Williams, the original theme, the force theme, the, the the original Empire theme, and good lord, it will be played at my wedding. Uh, the <laughs> throne room theme. Oh yeah, it's great. It's great. Oh. My favorite. My other. I mentioned my Obi Wan uh, favorite line reading. One of my favorite line. My other. My favorite line readings in all of Star Wars is Mark Hamill when he's trying to convince Han and Chewie to go rescue. Leia, he says this line so unbelievably fast, and like everyone credit, like everyone says George Lucas, his only direction is ever faster and more intense, right? Like that's like what everyone says. He clearly took this to heart. I'm I can't possibly say it as fast as him, but he says right to Han, he says, just a minute ago, you said you didn't want to sit around here and be captured. Now all I want to do is stay. He says it so yeah. fast. Just a minute ago, you said you didn't want to sit around here and be captured. Now all you want to do is stay. It's impossible for me to say it as fast as Mark Hamill says it in that movie. And if you really look at it, you're like, "Wow, how that is!" Well, the speed, an incredible yes, this, line reading, an incredible it's the same line thing reading. as the. Uh, uh, but I was going to go to Tasha Station and pick up some power converters. <laughs> like that whole line yeah. is like that. It's like, yeah. how did he speak yeah. that fast? Yeah, I know. It's crazy. It's crazy. So, oh, guys, did we do it? I think we did it. I think so. I think we did it. Same time next year. And it's, and <laughs> Absolutely. It's, and it's almost it's almost actually May the 4th. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah. What do you mean, Matt? We're recording this live right now. It's totally. Yeah. Yes, we are. <laughs> it's totally not May the 3rd at 11.23 p.m. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, I want to say thank you to everyone who contributed their list. Um, we really appreciate it. We thought that was really fun. It was really great to see everybody's rankings. Again, they were all over the place. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, we hope you enjoyed this. If you're still listening, <laughs> we really appreciate you listening. Um, thank you, Matt Peseta, for being here and talking Star Wars for so long. We uh, really appreciate it. Thank you, guys. I, I have an absolute blast. You guys are always so good to me, and um, I, I had so much fun doing this. Good. Good to hear. Well, if anybody um, else had fun doing it, they can continue to like, subscribe, and uh, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Uh, you can watch us at YouTube at The Multiverse Report. You can usually check us out at 9 p.m. on Sundays uh, with our normal show, 9.30 p.m. 9:30 Show up at p.m. 9 if you want. We don't care. Uh, <laughs> we won't be there, but you can do what you will. Um, and, yeah, I mean, any of the socials, Multiverse Report, Multiverse RPT on Twitter for as long as that still exists before it gets burnt down. And, yeah, uh, yeah I think that's about it, Mike. All right. Well, then... Uh, if that's all, all I have to say is thanks for watching, thanks for listening, and may the 4th be with you.